Hi, everybody. Welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 169. I knew that was coming. You're like out of breath from running I to get those figures. I just found a chucklesome's a word. Chucklesome? So I find that, that number very chucklesome. chucklesome. So you're out of breath. You just ran to grab figures. You got yeah. Seth Rollins going there. I got a match accurate thing. Anyways, welcome back. We are down in the tiny little studio to talk about another week of wrestling after we talk about a little bit of non-wrestling stuff as we do. But there's timestamps, so you can skip to whatever you like. Because today we're going to have to hit Fastlane, which you were just commenting felt like a month ago. You were you were honestly unsure whether we'd already talked about like, it or not. I honestly <laughs> had no idea. Because it's now a week, almost a week away. Was that? Yeah. It was Saturday, right? It was basically a week ago, yes. So we'll talk about that. Um, we'll do news and rumors, talk about the ratings are a big thing to talk about, obviously, this week. Uh, what else do we do on this? We'll highlight and lowlight some impact, some NXT, maybe a bit of main roster. Trivia, not audio this week. Aww. I will do that again, though. We got a copyright, not a violation on, on YouTube, just like a, hey, we noticed you use copyrighted material, but it's all good. Because apparently it was almost like all CFOS, and apparently they don't care. Well, yeah, CFOS doesn't do the thing anymore, which sucks because they made good themes. But Yeah, a lot of them were that. So it's the week after Thanksgiving. So for us, that means Friendsgiving, which I've talked about on this show a lot, how our street gets together for a lot of stuff. And this is a pretty big one where there's lots of families at this one. There'll be three turkeys, right? So mm -hmm. you'll get your turkey on. You got to work a full day, but you'll be hungry after work. You can come down. So they'll deep fry one, smoke one, and I guess roast one. Um, did you try all them last year? I don't remember. My favorite was deep fried. That was my first deep fried turkey, and that seems to be the way to go. That reminds me of that one Goldberg's episode. Yeah, it's uh, delicious. So that will be fun. I don't know. Your brother's had basketball training last two nights. He was killing it tonight. That is as so he, awesome. As he would say, he was cooking people. He was. It was pretty cool to see. Um, he's putting a lot of work, so it looked good. But anyways, uh, I don't know. We are one short school week away from a week off, right? So that's something. And I was... Sorry to talk uh, our family business here, but you interested in going to a Super Kicked show? Um, we could, yeah. Uh, I thought maybe the Thursday because it won't be busy. Maybe it might be less busy. It's a Thursday night, so yeah, it's an indie promotion. I'm not sure if I have it off or not. Cause... Yeah, well, if you do, we can figure it out. If not, whatever, we'll leave it to fate, I guess, to decide. But yeah, it's a indie promotion that we went to once, and they don't do where we saw House of Black. Right, we're House of Black. That match was awesome, by the way. Um, but they don't do chairs, so you can. It's standing only, and you're allowed to stand right, literally touching the ring if you want to be right. So it's all ages, but it did say that like under eighteen, aka you, um, has to be in the balcony, which is probably where we'd try to go anyways. I think we tend to be like depends what they define as the balcony. Yeah, because it's at a different venue. It's it's downtown Toronto this time. It's not last time we were kind of out. In the outskirts, because remember we ended up hitting up that pretty busy but super cheap pizza place. That was pretty good. I it think. was pretty good. And remember we got like a full. It was like a full loaf of garlic bread. Was like that three dollars or too, something. I think, it was, if I recall. It was. No, that was good food. Um, but anyways, it's a different venue. So accuracy. And they're doing zombie wrestling because it's close to Halloween. Yeah. So oh my god. I imagine the Poison Rana dudes will be there because they kind of love spooky season. So I think they'll probably be. I'd like to check it out. We're recording this on Friday the 13th. We Ooh. are. Speaking of spooky. So I'd like so to check spooky. it out just to see what it is. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can do that. Something to do I on our up. week off. Weird week to have off, but uh, I'm looking forward it's to it. It's not even covering Halloween this year, though. No, it's not. 
but uh, I don't think you go out on Halloween anymore anyways, right? Not really. No. I don't think I have any plans. Anything I'm, else exciting to talk about? Can't be- say I'm going to go to a party. Before, because if you can find anything to talk about, it delays talking about Fastlane to foreshadow our oh. Fastlane review. Uh, so you're not grasping for anything. <laughs> Just... <laughs> <laughs> go through every minute of your day oh, today. What did oh you do? Why? Just kidding. <laughs> just to go through the just to delay. Just to go through my whole day. Oh yeah. Well, today was such an interesting day. So exactly. I I would love to. I probably would rather talk about my. I woke up days. at eight o'clock and no. I woke up. I had to walk to school today. I chose a red hoodie today. <laughs> like. Because here's my motivations. Uh, but anyways, because blood. All things serious. What? That doesn't make sense. But anyways, because red blood. Sense. No, no, me. I don't know what I was saying. I don't know what you're saying. But we'll either. probably get started because uh, you're going to want to talk about ratings a little bit. That's what we'll hit first as we go over some of the week's wrestling news and rumors. Okay, so ratings are the big thing to talk about right now. So that is um, because they went head to head, right? Dynamite moved to Tuesday night. I forget the reason. I don't even know. To be honest, I, 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 let's I just go sp- because sports probably because sports usually. Um, so yes, they were. Head I would to, almost say always head to head for the first time in a while, and not good for AEW. Regardless of this, I think the spin Tony's trying to put on it, and we can talk about Tony Khan and his his sort of interpretation. But mm-hmm. so this week's episode of NXT averaged nine hundred twenty one thousand viewers, up seven and a half percent. Got a point three in the key demographic up. A huge 36.4, so they'll love that. Largest audience total for the show since... I wonder why, though. Since September 25th, 2019, which was the second week that NXT aired on USA. Dynamite, going head-to-head this week, 609,000 viewers down 23.9%, and a .26 in the demo down 7.1. So lowest viewership Dynamite has ever done when airing head-to-head with NXT. Not that that's a like huge sample size i don't think right how long did that last uh, a little while i think but yeah. not like crazy anyways uh so clearly it looks like people did not watch dynamite and did go watch nxt uh, we talked about it a little off air right like anytime you're moving days some people are gonna not catch you so mm-hmm. aew being the one to switch to a different day they're gonna lose some people automatically but I didn't think it would happen, I told you, but it, it looks and like it did. And when you load up with people who are not on your True. show. True, and we'll definitely get into that. The, I think it's a very tainted victory. So I think both shows really tried to offer strong shows, but to WWE that means loading all of our biggest stars, and to AEW who are that... outside biggest stars, not correct at that, because one of them's retired and one of them's John Cena, who's part-time. And... And for AEW, it meant like put together some interesting matches and whatever. And I'm not saying one's better than the other. You all know which one I prefer by far. But whatever, if people want that, I guess, which they seem to. I think AEW is loading it up. So be it. The typical way and what I would like to say the way is we the, would the prefer. right way. Right. But <laughs> as I, I try to be diplomatic and you're like, no, 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 that's the right well, way. Well, I'm just saying that's right because like NXT could load up their show too and I would have no problem with it. But. They did it the way they did it, and I think that's kind of a cheap way to do it just to... And which, I, I get why they did it, and I'm saying right. that, that's whatever, but... doesn't surprise us. There's, I think, the right way to do it would be, like, you know, load it up, like, with what you've created for that show, not yes. bringing in all of these outside factors, which and AEW doesn't really AEW's have access to. furthering feuds and having good matches, right, which... 
which exactly. is what I want. So exactly. anyways, but clearly not what everyone else wants because that huge lineup on NXT brought the viewers in. So mm -hmm. good for them. Um, and then we talked about, I'll just go to it since it's so related, Tony Khan's take on the head-to-head, -head, which I think is like a creative way to look at it. It so makes it, me it, laugh. It yeah. amuses me too. So he said that basically this week, two active decade-long rating streaks from two great legends were ended, and this is verbatim from him. With all due respect, until this week's head-to-head -head, AEW on TBS versus WWE on USA, neither John Cena nor Undertaker had ever been on a WWE show with under 1 million total viewers and under 400k in the demo. And it's just kind of like, it feels like heel logic in real life, right? Yeah. Like, and he's not wrong, but I don't know it's a if funny way to look at anything it, yeah. to cling to. And then I saw someone's response was, it's the first time Edge has been on a show with under 600,000 or something, you know, or barely 600,000 or something like that. Mm -hmm. it's uh, it's a funny point of view it so it's not the outcome i was hoping for a clear kind of victory for wwe i'm sure they are loving it but anyways doesn't really matter to me i still prefer what i prefer uh, and i'm watch nxt believe me nxt is the one thing that i do watch from wwe but anyways i'll get into that rant later mm -hmm. anyways what do you have um so on collision very surprisingly ftr's title reign is finished yeah um, big bill and rookie starks of all people uh, beat them for the titles and so yeah it's believed that the reason is cash was rib injury yeah but it's unclear whether that was pre-match or during the match surprisingly murky like what actually i don't and i don't understand why that would be the case i don't understand Because normally we know by now it's been like confirmed in two or three places and it's the going story and i don't like it seems like they're not quite sure. No, I don't know. it's a little weird. I couldn't um, even figure it out if he got hurt in the match or ha was already hurt and like aggravated and they had to stop. I don't know. I don't know. Well, because I saw him get choke slammed through the t announce table yes. by Big Bill. They did their first like WWE announce table spot. Right. But I I'm like that would make me think he wasn't already injured because I don't. That seems like a stupid thing to do if your shoulder or sorry if your ribs are right. already hurt. But. And like this one, and did he break it? I don't know what the, the mystery on, is. on that, but like, yeah. Um, so I'm not thrilled with this result. This result, and I know Davis got injured, but the fact that these guys just win the titles after Ozzy Open lost does irk me quite yeah. a bit just because Ozzy Open are fantastic. And they are. if they could have, I think they sh absolutely should have gotten the titles, and maybe that's when Cash got injured. I don't know. And speaking of Ozzy Open, we watched, we went and sought out Fletcher versus. Danielson. Danielson and yeah. it was Fletcher. That, that was awesome very nice. Yeah, that. Fletcher uh delivers once again. Yep. And Danielson um, always delivers. But yeah, so interesting title result on that it's that's a it's a disappointing end to FTR's run who like yeah. now it's what Big Bill and Starks versus the Bucks. That's is that what we're getting? Are the Bucks transitional again? Because I feel like because remember last year there was that weird bit where the Bucks won the titles from Jurassic Express in that really cool ladder match. Yeah. And Christian Cage turned heel. I did enjoy that. Um, and then, like a couple months or a couple weeks, I don't know how long later, um, they lost the titles to Swerve and Lee in the another a good three with coincidentally Starks and Hobbs. Swerve and so, our glory. Say it. Say it. Swerve and our glory. Yeah, hey, I like them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, so just weird thing kind of going, and there's there's a lot of random title changes going around. There is, and we will get to some of them. Uh, so NWA announces the return. I, I almost want to put air quotes on this. The return of the territory system. And I was telling you, I thought it was kind of interesting that 
they're calling this the return of the territories when they only have one promotion at the time I got this. And that's the one that is run by your champ, current champion, EC3. It's Controller Narrative 2. So they're calling that the first new NWA affiliate of the modern era. And I, th I saw they're going to have some sort of new title in that promotion that's officially recognized by the NWA. Right. I forget what they call it. I don't care what it's called, but they're going to have some <laughs> title uh, introduced, I think. And you know me. I, I parse words pretty carefully because I think words matter. And so their phrasing here is NWA will be looking to add more affiliates. Looking to. Correct. So that's meaningless. Keywords. Um, both domestically and internationally. Good luck. That might internationally. Good luck is... with that. Well, I mean, Canada. Throw one in Canada. You're international. Then they would have to change their name. And Corgan... they're the National Wrestling Alliance. So I think they have to become the IWA, the International Wrestling Alliance. So unless they want to go through a big rebranding, I wouldn't go international. Because you, yeah, you're literally called national. So I mean. But yeah. as we know, if they did were to go international, that's leveling up. It is leveling up, so 100%. Yeah. Another Corgan thing, that um, he also claims they have signed two television deals recently, but can't give details due to, quote, political aspects. Yeah, I that seems like somewhat of a farce to me this, on some level. I, I would, like, bet that one of, at least one of them falls through mysteriously. Yeah. And I'd hate to be skeptical, but I They're don't, not big I don't really hate being skeptical. It's kind of what we do sometimes. No, I, I tend to, and also I don't care. It's NWA. It feels like they're big on announcing plans with no real details, yeah. right? And it's carny it, stuff yeah, to me. Yeah, for sure. feels carny. And as for the territory things, I think that's kind of dumb, and I don't care one bit because... I think the territories died for a reason. Is part of that reason Vince McMahon's ambition? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But I think Vince did everyone a favor in a way, killing the territories, because I, I don't think the territories are like the were the best content. I think they were great for a time, but I think we've far moved on from that. Like, that's just not how. Well, with digital communication. The wrestling world works now. Just, yeah, and the way territories work. But I think not only that, but I feel like independent wrestling in of itself kind of works like a territory system and not obviously the exact same but i think it's it, the modern equivalent it, it does and it is just sort of a lot a lot of it is linking those things together it just and makes some it, indies work together but it's it's more it of a free for all for territory talent system. which i like to be able to work a lot yeah so i don't think the territory system is at all necessary and i don't think the nwa is this powerhouse that it once was where no, it's, it's not at it's got the liberty to do the territory system because it's not it's not the top wrestling thing anymore it's not the top two it's not top three it's not even top four or five so i don't think that this is really like the most logical thing and i think they, they can give it a shot and whatever but i just think it's kind of dumb yeah it i don't know it was the cute new thing and even i like i think there's a lot of people like me i was watching it was i reviewing it at some point I feel like I did. A couple you got times. into power for. I don't know if I you did. reviewed it because I think when you got into power, that was pre FNS, but yeah. you were definitely um, keeping tabs on power for a bit. And I remember it was because it was like a, a studio, it was a studio show, thing. No felt like an 80s and had like the, kind yeah. of vibe to it. So that's also. It, I feel like 2019 NWA is kind of like what we say about 2018 Impact because that's back when they had yep. like Eli Drake and James Storm were still there and Ricky yep. Starks was there and Aldis was still there. Tim Storm was there and like they had like all these people now. It's kind of dwindling, kind of like Impact Star. Mm -hmm. I think Impact's better, mm -hmm. but it's kind of that same thing we've talked about star-wise. Yeah, it was... 
the novelty just kind of wore off for me. And I think that happened to a lot of people. They still have their little like niche, right? Um, I don't know if that's enough to really have. Them I do follow them. And, and every whatnot, time but... I see like they because I scroll through the power card that they always advertise and it just looks yeah. so mediocre. It honestly, looks There's like not a lot of talent I'm interested it in. It just looks like if an indie promotion got a big budget and a weekly TV deal or something, even though I don't, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if it's on YouTube or if it's on fight or something. It's on YouTube again. I actually checked out recently. I don't know. It just doesn't look interesting and just, it looks so, it's just, I don't know how they survive. (laughs) Barely. I think probably that's that's mean. Uh, Billy Corgan just must have a lot of money. Probably. I don't know. Mm, I guess smashing pumpkins are popular enough. I guess so. I only have one other thing. Um, I don't know. Speaking of, we'll keep the TV thingy going. Okay. Um, WWE's open to moving Raw to another night, and also bidding war expected for TV rights when New Deal is going to be inked. Yep, there uh, will with be. With the SmackDown one having been signed recently. Now, as someone, who, and I, I talked to you about this, but as someone who doesn't care about main roster, I do not like Raw moving nights. It would be very, very strange. It's just, it's always been Monday Night Raw, and yes. I said this to you, but like, Raw is a weird thing where it the night of the week that it's on is so intrinsically linked with the yes. name that it's just like it yep. has to be on mondays it's always it's been on mondays for like what 30 years is it now probably right? like it's something like that they just did yeah they did raw 30 this year so it's been 30, 30 years it's been on the same night yep. like smackdown it's been all over it's been like on tuesdays, tuesdays fridays, fridays thursdays, thursdays like it and it's just SmackDown at the end of the day. Like they call it Friday Night SmackDown now, but if we went to Thursday nights, I wouldn't. No, you get. Used I wouldn't to blink an eye. Yeah. yeah. But Monday Night Raw, it's like calling it Raw is the short form of Monday Night Raw. It's essentially yep. part of the name to me. I think it that applies to a lot of people, but it's just always been that. So I feel like it'd be really weird for them to move another night, and I really I hope too. they don't. I don't give a crap what network they go on because I, I can not watch it any day of the week, though. To be fair, that's true, but <laughs> I'd rather not watch it on the same night that sure. it's always on. I'd rather you know? know I'm missing it on Monday. Um, Feels right. I saw like that they were open for Tuesdays or Thursdays or something, which Tuesday is I, NXT. I can easily not watch Thursday. it. It's like I don't, I don't, I just don't like it. Yeah, and it's strange. I just want them to keep it the way it is. If they want to shorten an hour, that's fine, but just don't move at nights. No doubt there will be a bidding war because three hours of weekly live TV, because live sports type stuff is really the mm-hmm. only thing people keep network stuff for. Three hours a week, and that's, right, that's money. That's Whether and good people ratings. are always sticking around for that or not. Even though we're not ones that watch it, it gets good ratings, so yeah, they're going to love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last story is that it seems that Dragon Lee's call-up rate is official. Um, yeah, it's been kind of SmackDown. bubbling for a it week has. or two now. It seemed like he would be there, right? Um, so he beat Austin Theory, apparently. And he's been... Ever since losing the title, Theory he's a jobber to the stars. And so he's on the official website as SmackDown, and he's been on the show for two weeks. So he's off NXT. Too bad, but he didn't really need to be there. It's okay. He'll find his footing with the LWO. Right, exactly. So <laughs> I have no other news. Do you? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I got... Yeah, so the nice news of the week was um, WWE turning down the CM Punk. Yeah, that's fine. Speculation. Yeah. Um, I think it was like the negatives outweigh the positives kind of thing. And uh, yeah. WWE is in a good spot right now, so right. they don't really need to. No. It and I just be a problem. They probably don't 
love looking like they're taking AEW's castoffs, right? You're not competition, so unless it's someone like Jade, who they're gonna try and do better with, obviously, right? They're who they're pro- and they probably see money in just based on how she looks. Yeah, but. she is money based on how she just that if she can wrestle and she's already like fine for mm-hmm. what they do, so mm-hmm. she should be a big deal. Yeah, there. um, I'm just glad that they're not like obviously I wouldn't. Part of me wouldn't care if he goes and stinks up the joint there. <laughs> True. But seeing him fail somewhere else would be satisfying. Yes, but the, we'll call it the human in me, uh, doesn't want another company to be tainted by yeah, even WWE. what he is. Even them, yes. But I want them to suck because they suck. Right. Not because CM Punk sucks. They can suck I, on their own without. I want them to suck on their own. I want yep. them to be bad because they are bad. And Independently that suck. Would be a perfect segue to Fastlane if I didn't have one more thing. Okay. <laughs> oh, we blew it. <laughs> you blew it. Um, the last one is um Robert Roode has been taken off the roster list, and I think he's working as a full time producer now because I think he's had some. There's some health problems. Yeah, I, re- which I forget that, what it was, but that I just sucks because he never reached his potential in WWE. But he seems like a guy that would transition well into like backstage stuff. Yeah. So I think the producer thing was probably yeah, good for him. And seems so like it. I'm glad. Like at least he's still. Getting checks from them at least, like he'll still yep. be working for them and probably get a good pay gig or whatever. Um, good just sucks that he's, boy. Yeah, it just sucks that he's not gonna be wrestling more because he's been already. It's he's been out for ages, so that that just kind of sucks. But I guess when your dirty dog's partner's gone, why that's, carry on? That's I really liked him as TNA champion. I felt like Even he was NXT. like a perfect fit because he was one of theirs and he had like ri- he r- risen through the ranks, right? Right. And he was good too, and he mm-hmm. had a good look. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. All right, so I guess we can't avoid it any longer. We're going to take a Not few minutes. Not to telegraph anything. I haven't even looked at my notes since we... So I hope I took notes for the whole thing. I barely thing. thought about it. Who knows? Since. But anyways, we're going to do it. We're going to talk about last Saturday's offering from WWE PLEs, and that was Fastlane. Okay, so... First thing I'll get out of the way is the pros of Fastlane. It was pretty short. All right. Now I don't. Get, <laughs> now we'll get into it. I don't even know if that's really a pro because I didn't notice in the grand scheme of things. Like, just because it felt like the, like the PLEs are, they're short for a pay per view, but they're, it never, I never really noticed. So this couldn't have felt more like a second rate PLE. Like, they're not even high. It trying felt to hide it. super second rate and it felt like a slog. And to me, the, the worst part about feeling second rate is I feel like payback was super second rate too. Mm-hmm. We didn't finish that one. I then actually the <laughs> nicest two matches. The nicest we? thing I will say about Fastlane is we finished it. Yeah, we that's did. the nicest thing in I'll say one about sitting. It. Which I don't know how we, we crushed did that. it. Well, I think it's because um, if we went for a second sitting, I wouldn't. I wouldn't probably. So. I would have watched it on my own. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, but like, I feel like they usually do a decent job of like splicing in a a B pay per view as you want to call it, and then something like. Either a big four or something that feels more, yeah. Even or like this was not that. If you're gonna have two second rate pay per views, I feel like you have to at least like put something together. Like I feel like the example I'm thinking of is Extreme Rules last year, where they had a decent amount of things. Like there was the strap match with Mac Knight Cross. There was a fight pit. There was like fight pit. You know what I mean? For like a second rate pay per view, they put in some things and then because these two things back to back feel super like not must see. I'm not saying you always, it always has to be big four then little one like because obviously. There's not enough months in the year for it to always be a big four and then something else because there's only four of them, yeah. right? But I feel like 
either payback or fastlane really should have done something to make themselves feel just like like something you really need to see or something really interesting and you i think could have had a major title change that i think they kind of i think should have done probably fastlane suffered from as much as i like i Rollins. would say i think payback was the better of the two just because like that remember. had the title that this one did have a title change actually so it did eat it but that one had a, I think payback had a better title change because judgment day winning the titles is better than them losing them not to that doesn't really matter at this no, point no it doesn't people but i people feel like know. the thing that's su- fascinating suffered from is they had a couple they had a few non-title matches which is not an issue if you have a good few going but i feel like they are all non-title matches that did not matter that I did not care about. And I then, think it was just the two, but if they're non-title and they don't matter, then be a banger in the ring. Well, that we was did not that tick either, that right? box either. So I don't know. Just it's a couple of back-to-back, really not great B-rate pay-per-views. So, and I haven't really looked what the general consensus and is on this show. We haven't even started talking about it yet. That, no, that's, that's my um, procrastination there. So. And. We'll get that the first way. voice we hear as it starts is that of Pat McAfee. Because the way to make me want to watch a PLE <laughs> in this day and age is Pat McAfee. So this does not bode well. Yeah, because the days of me enjoying Pat McAfee are so far in the rearview mirror that it just doesn't even seem real. So he does this opening hype thing video, right, with images of all of the people and stuff on the card. And he speaks, he picks up an accent at some point. I didn't quite understand. I don't what was remember. happening. Um, for me, as someone who doesn't watch the product, I do actually watch these recaps some of the time. I think I gave up <laughs> at some point in this show when they do the little recaps of things. But McAfee didn't add anything for me, but that's not really surprising, <laughs> right? And then what's new, yeah. Uh, the the set has actual race cars on it. Any other like formula cars? Any other comments? There, on yeah, the... there are a couple of race cars at the stage, right? Like, uh, who cares? My only other note is that's a bad bad suit, Corey Graves. Wasn't it? It like was like one... half pink and half black. What, yeah. yeah, I didn't know what color um, the other side the was. The only but... thing to say about the cars is that La Knight showed up in a Slim Jim car later, and I didn't hear anything about it. So I just he... thought it was a stupid sponsorship. No, I heard later they... too because <laughs> he, he won, won the battle, battle royal. royal. That's dude. I still wouldn't drive um, it. Uh, what was it? The one I get the decal. Oh, no, we'll talk off. about the, the we'll talk about the sponsorships. Yeah, because there's some bad sponsorships here. So there was here a recap of Cody Rhodes bringing Jay Uso to Raw, right? Which was actually at Payback, which was actually useful for me. So because uh, normally I would skip these recaps, but I sometimes need to be caught up on things. The first match we get is Jay Uso teaming up with Cody Rhodes taking on Judgment Day, which is Balor and Damian Priest. <laughs> this is, this so, is funny because I have not looked at these notes. I hate that, like, and this is part of the rationale on my pick, but like, they're setting Jay Uso on this big uh, main event push, this big solo push, and the first thing they do right. for him on a PLE is put him in a tag match for other tag titles. Jay has a catchy hand thing during his entrance, and the crowd reacts well to it. I forget what it was. He just raises both. Yeah, okay. Like so this. that's catching on, which is good for him. Also, he's got his awesome knockoff theme. He's the Roman Reigns of the Usos, because obviously for years, Roman Reigns used a knockoff shield theme and a knockoff yeah. shield gear. Right. So Jay Uso is... The apple doesn't far, <laughs> fall far from the tree, no. so... Uh, I my next notes is I asked Jack why no one is wrestling about five minutes into this the most basic five minutes in the world like I was watching inexperienced indie workers <laughs> and we're because I was getting frustrated it was, right yeah off it was really the hop. like slow and like there wasn't what, much what why is nobody doing anything 
Uh, you do get a nice flurry from Judgment Day and a lengthy chin Four lock. Four talented wrestlers, too. So. Then a length, lengthy chin lock from Balor. And I'm like, what? We It started to pick up speed. And then, like, one of the quickest wrestlers you have is slowing things down. Anyways, um, single star Jay Uso is the face in peril and will need to make the hot tag to Cody. On his first PLE. And then oh, I add, and the most basic of offense is keeping Jay down. Like, they're dominating him with just nothing, really. Mm -hmm. And the whole point is Cody's just... W so Cody hot tag happens. And then we get some action and pace finally. Stalling suplex from the second rope by Cody. Uso splash, but Finn breaks up the pin. Get a Cody cutter. Uh, Dom and uh, Rhea Ripley run down and Jay takes out Dom. Frankensteiner by Priest into the coup de grace, but Cody breaks up the pin. JD McDonough shows up. Uh, we get a Rhea Ripley uh, briefcase shot to Jay for a near fall. I don't even remember that, but sure. Crossroads to Priest on the announce table. And oh, it was McDonough's fault. McDonough accidentally hit Priest in the knee with the cage or whatever. Go. And then they got all mad at him on Raw and he gets chumped again. Uh, Jay dives onto people. Super kick Cody Cutter 1D that I didn't think looked amazing. Yeah, it. I think they've started improving it on because they had a match on Raw and they had a match on yeah, SmackDown. So they're, they're tightening it like, up a bit. It like Because here it didn't really look like it looked like Jay just kind of held him. I feel like Later in the, at least I saw it on SmackDown, and looked like he kind of elevated him because the yeah. 1D, it's the 3D, right? But like yeah. the, he elevates him obviously into the cutter. So I think that didn't really do that here. No. Crossroads, and it's over after 20 minutes. Because, like, yeah, like Cody and Jay. Like, I've seen people really enjoying them on the media scrum because Jay was like goofing around or whatever. And, like, yeah. Oh, that's nice, but I don't care. I Highly questionable result, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm not um, a huge fan of cause it. Because I, <laughs> we were just saying, like, we really like, JD with all the gold. Um, Looks cool. Right. And then, so that's why Dom won his title back, right? But now they lost their congrats titles. On, like, congrats on finishing the story, Cody. <laughs> yeah. So Dusty, well Dusty Rhodes was never tag champ in WWE. So swerve. Cody it wasn't Tori. That's the belt he wanted. That's the belts. Right. Because there's two of them. Um, I, yeah. I don't. This was so. This is so boring. The first half of this was like Abysmal. so basic. I Even when it picked annoyed. up, I don't think it was. This is your opener, and I, my note is: Why has no one wrestled for in the first five minutes? No, not a hot opener. Um, just very so boring, and arguably paint by the paint by numbers at a lot of that points. I feel um, like is the if I had to tag line Fastlane twenty twenty three paint by numbers. Yeah, um, this was just super boring and methodical at times when it shouldn't have been. Um, paint by numbers a lot of the time and it get again highly questionable result like this would be slightly better if the judgment day just won because i don't think they should have lost here and it makes them look really stupid that um they lost to uh, this makeshift team which can be said so many times in wwe but yes. i'm gonna say it again anyways it's just so stupid and then obviously jane cody retained against sammy and kevin owens on raw which made me kind of laugh like annoyingly yeah. because Zayn and Owens beat one of the best tag teams in WWE history. The Usos, like the brothers, but they can't beat Jay and a random partner in Cody. But I guess it's Cody, right? So Correct. My mistake. And just that you're trying to get this guy, as you said, as a single star. Getting, getting him like a big push, which has been going solid so far. And he's in peril with basic offense for like right. eight minutes or something. Yeah, not only is he in a tag match on his first period, he not looked only is he challenging for the hell. titles, he's lost, he lost early in the year. But yeah, now he's, he's in peril for most of the match and then like cody wins it for them and the second half of this was better i still don't think it was very good 
And maybe it's the WWE style plus the commentary, which I find obnoxious yeah. right out of the gate too. But things just happen so slowly. There were spurts of action, but then also a couple times, like just as things start happening, someone walks away from their downed opponent. It happened like two or three times, goes to the opposite corner and is like gesturing and taunting the crowd. And it just drained mm. the momentum again. Yeah. I, It just, I don't know, man. I guess I prefer a steady, faster pace than this. Because this wasn't it. They didn't it. even have Jave get the win. And it's not either. even like I don't like the talent in this. I don't love Cody, but Cody can wrestle. He's not like all world, but he's very good, right? I don't have a problem with anyone in this, but I did not like this. No, I like him. I gave it three stars, like no. a 60%. I, love I a... feel like at the very least, Jay could have gotten the pin because the story's been like JD were trying to recruit him and he said no and that yeah. kind of orchestrated this whole thing. They could have at least done that. Canadian like, C not minus even. is a three, basically. That's where um, I'm putting it. I go three stars being polite. Maybe. Because I could go lower. I, I could <laughs> I know, easily I go lower. You. I believe you. So just, yeah, not a great start. And then what do I have here? Barrett, Booker T, and uh, Xavier Woods. Oh, my God. Shill for pizza and Jack is angry. It Literally was what horrible. I, you, were not, you were mad. Okay, yeah, because Booker and Barrett talking about like I don't even remember what they were talking about, but it was bad. Cause it was he, awful. It's, it's Booker T, and it's like. I don't remember what they were talking about, but it was just really annoying. And then Woods comes in, like, Pizza he's Hut, right, ordering Pizza Hut. No, I don't remember what they were talking about before that, though. And then Woods comes in, something like, ordering Pizza Hut, and then they're talking about this, like, dinner box thing. And then it comes up again later. It so. does, after this match. I hate... Uh, it's just so bad. The over-the-top bashing of the sponsors is something so they they need to, but won't do away it's with. Just... It's just... Like the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match, the Cinemoji Toast Crunch during the Mysterious Match of Mania. Awful stuff. Um, the Slim Jim Battle Royal and like all this crap this year it's is just so another annoying. thing they do that AEW doesn't do. And it's so I like this was just so I cheesy. need to No pun intended, so cheesy and awful. <laughs> I need to get a preview of their sponsor for Survivor Series so I can make get predictions. Some, no, get some more um stupid match types i need to get on that again because if i had known there was pizza hut involved oh man i would have concocted some ideas for we don't sure. ever eat pizza hut i always forget it's in town and i always we forget. i would try pizza hut sometimes i don't but even dislike pizza i hut. will specifically not get the thing Correct. they advertised no, to not me in here. this house whatever the dinner box thing was not happening. or whatever it was i will specifically go out of my way to not get that one i will buy one and throw it on the floor <laughs> i'm just kidding I, I, <laughs> not making work for i people. actually would like to buy that and then, well, hey, they're getting money for it, so it's no skin off their nose. But I would love to buy the specific thing they advertised to me and beat it with a shovel. <laughs> dump that right in the garbage. Don't even, <laughs> I don't want to touch it. I, I want to dump it in the garbage and burn the garbage can. So. Actually, wait, I want to put in the Zares compactor. That would be fun. <laughs> That's what I want to do. We get LWO versus Lashley and the Street Profits. So well, it's, uh, it's it's a handicap match, right? Because LWO still doesn't have a third partner. Because, um... What's the backstory there? Where's the I think missing Wild LWO? and um, Del Toro got taken out. Actually, that reminds Del me. I want Toro. I forgot what his name Well, because it used to be Raul Mendoza, he but did. that was like ages ago. It's Cruz Del Toro. I think is still a bad name. I just forgot but, what it um, was entirely. I just yeah no. I still think it's I don't like it. But okay, there's this one spot that where the Street Profits took a uh, Walking Wild, and I thought it looked really killer actually. And I'm just trying to find it. So. Uh, where is it? Just pause me when you need to. Ford and yeah, Escobar yeah. start out in this one, and it's about five times faster than the previous match started, which I was pretty happy with. Uh, Escobar's on a roll until you get a um, Montez Ford chop block stops him. 
Then the heels isolate and dominate Escobar. Um, Ray finally tags in, runs circles around Dawkins until um, a Lashley. Oh, that would be blind tag, probably not a bling tag. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> bling tag. Lashley, I mean, maybe. Lashley blind tag lands Ray on the floor after a punch from Ford that Jack liked. I don't remember, but you liked the Ford punch. These are no, the... I think Dawkins might them pretty good. I do kind of recall, but Dawkins had stupid looking gloves. Now the heels dominate Ray, almost like LWO will need someone else to show up and save them. Like this was also so like, exactly what you would expect. Exaggerated and like the least subtle thing ever, mm -hmm. right? They're using a sledgehammer when I want them to use a scalpel, basically. Um, the crowd's pretty dead for this, I know it at this point. Ford pulls Escobar off the apron to stop a Ray tag. Uh, Vega hits a Meteora to Ford. Ray has no one to tag, so the beatdown continues. And then, of course, but it's not his original music, right? They changed it, didn't they? It wasn't the... Oh, yeah. No, he came out to a new thing. Cause I... And it's super jacked Carlito. Yeah, it's very noticeably not his theme, which sucks because... Which is weird because that was one of the like things about him. I like his theme too. It's like perfect for him, but of course they just had to get rid of it. So he runs to the ring. Ray makes the tag. Carlito dominates. Uh, Ray takes out one heel on the floor. Escobar dives and takes out another. We get a backstabber to Montez Ford and it's over in 10 minutes. And then commentary and uh, Woods shill for pizza some more. I don't even remember. That was, yeah, because Woods announce came table. over. And, oh, I found it. I found it. Okay, wait. Hold on, wait. So they brought the big box to the announce table, wasn't it? And they all started eating or whatever. Oh, yeah, they that just, was like, cute. shocked him in no soup. Like, he looked pretty killer. But yeah, yeah, Woods came over and they, he brought the dinner box thing that I will not be purchasing or I will be purchasing to destroy. Um, he brought that over to them, and they're like eating, and they're like going over. It's so dumb. awful. I hate it. I feel stupid. And this whole match, I think it was this match. Yeah, the whole match, like it's where they changed the Trons to the to have the ad on there. Yeah, it's just bothered me because it's like that's why I hate them having like the screen on the barricade and everything now because it's just like now all the LED parts of the arena are like just Pizza Hut logos and whatever. Yep, it's, just, it's too much. Like whereas AEW there because I think because they're on Warner Bros. Whatever on. Dynamite, the title Tuesday, they had the Rick and Morty sponsor or whatever, but mm -hmm. it was literally just the electronic billboard that's up in the crowd. Mm -hmm. Literally just that, like, barely noticeable sponsorship there. But WWE, it's just, it's plastered all over ring size. It's so annoying. It like, is. I hate it. This was a fine six-man tag, I guess, but so nothing boring. special. It was boring. It was Carlito fine, didn't really do much. He no. looks great, but... It was fine, I guess, because it was like it was very basic again. Um, I thought the Street Profits gear was really bad, and Ray's gear was also really bad. And it um, was like again paid by numbers, face in peril the whole time until the surprise partner. It was almost the exact same match we just saw, except it had the added partner showing up at the last minute trope. And then yeah, Carlito barely did anything. It was. Do he you looked remember great, Lashley doing anything? I don't remember Lashley doing I, crap. I had made a note that I feel like he was barely in this. Yeah, and nobody this, did much of note. As I hold, I went three stars again. Uh yeah, it was just there's it's, nothing really to say about this because it was just so boring. Just and there, just nothing really. It was nothing of consequence. Carlito's back and he's actually back this time, so that's cool. And he's been um, signed for but, a while. Yeah, they just like, since his last appearance, they haven't it. known what to do with him, which I think was part of the Vince. This regime. is it. It's all been building. Yeah, TKO's <laughs> TKO's put faith in Triple H, so. Carlito's finally back, but yeah, this was just lame. I guess I'll go three stars again, again to be nice, but. And next we get Jade Cargill arriving at 
I think it was the pre-show. Triple H met her. Does That's she all we do see. something on the show? Hell no. Nope. We're milking this for everything. It's That's worth. it. Recap of the Charlotte EO Osaka situation. Cool. Because um, the last triple threat we got at a PLE from the women was so awesome. Was it not? Did I dislike it? was it? the one that you really oh, hated I really, from SummerSlam. I think that's on my worst it is. of. I I'm almost positive. did not like that at it, all. That's the last uh, it was really weird. women's title match we got. So Then we get an ad for some John Wick thing, and Jack is really annoyed at the bombardment of commercials. Oh, yeah. I don't even remember it what it like was. It was like a John Wick way. universe or something. Like it's It not, was something I, John Wick related. It was just, it's so annoying. I swear, I think it might have been the ad I saw like five times. I don't even remember, but it was probably annoying. Uh, Charlotte Eo Sky and Asuka for the WWE Championship. So, yeah, Women's we Championship. basically just swapped out Belair for Eo in this case. Yep. Missed right away to Charlotte. Uh, she's getting attended to on the floor. That leaves Asuka and Eo to fight alone. I saw a funny meme that, um, like, it's like Asuka hitting up Shinsuke after she saw it because his miss, like, drenched Rollins all in front. Right. And, like, it basically, because his miss was better than Asuka's. Uh, we got double missed on the show. We did get double missed. They should have cleared that with AEW, their policy. Exactly. Charlotte's back in with a boot. She takes over for a while. EO and Asuka try to work together. EO pushes Charlotte into a kick from Asuka. Charlotte to the floor again, and we're back to EO and Asuka facing off. German suplex off the second rope and a sliding kick by Asuka, but EO kicks out. Weak Charlotte crossbody takes out both women. A million flare chops. Charlotte barely hits a double suplex. Remember, it looked like she was really cranking on one of their yeah. necks to get them over. I think Asuka. Um, what does this mean? Oh, just my advice to Charlotte mid notes here. Just run into your clothesline, Charlotte. The walkover adds nothing. Yeah, it was like the front. If anything, I think it will like reduce the impact. It just you can't it, do it very fast. I would also uh, wager that it doesn't make it look cooler either. I don't think so. Crowd is pretty dead ten, ten minutes into this. EO dives onto Charlotte on the floor off an Irish whip from Asuka. EO moonsault maybe grazes Asuka on the floor. And then Charlotte hits it actually pretty the, nice. The contact could have been worse, but it still wasn't great. Charlotte follows up with a pretty good one. Credit where credit's due. Powerbomb Samoan drop Tower of Doom. Asuka tries to cover each woman, but they each kick out. Asuka is in a figure four, and Io hits a meteor to Charlotte for a near fall. Charlotte's... I took a lot of notes on this one. Charlotte spears Asuka for two after taking out Io. Bailey comes down to help Io, but Io sends her away and gets kicked off the apron by oh, Charlotte. This was so... The finish is so stupid. I don't... I'm going to remember as I read this right here. It was the ref stopping Bailey from interfering, even though it's a triple threat match with no disqualification. Thank you. That's... Two notes away. Asuka misses a diving code breaker. Charlotte sells anyways. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was, like, really bad. Cause, like, didn't there was hit some or stuff in this, man. It was, that was really bad. There was a couple things in this. Yeah. That, you're right. The ref tries to stop Bailey. It was so dumb because Bailey's, like, trying to get in the ring to help you or whatever. To break a figure like, four. To break a figure. Yeah, because so Charlotte's got the figure eight yep. on Asuka. Like, she's doing the bridge up and whatever. Which is so stupid because it's a triple threat. And WWE always tout their triple threats. Always. As no disqualifications. Ad nauseum. I think makes sense for that it to be that way. But they, like, also, not only is it, like, that's the rule, but they also rub that rule in your face. They do. This very like much. and then so now he's stopping me from interfering. Who cares? And then Io hits the moonsault like behind the ref's back as if it's some foreign thing that she did. Like she just hit her finisher by the why did <laughs> Okay. So, so then Io hits the moonsault to Charlotte in the figure, which was kinda cool. Yeah um, to pick up the win. But first off, why 
is the ref stopping Bailey? Because it's no disqualifications, as we just mentioned, right? So yep. he does not need to be stopping Bailey. It's no disqualifications. She can do that. She can interfere if she wants to. She can stop the hold. She can hit her with a chair, whatever. Yep. Um. Second of all, the distraction is not necessary. Nope. It did nothing. I think maybe Asuka tapped, but like, yeah. I don't know. The distraction did not feel necessary to me. And this kind of felt like them. Like not ignoring their own rules like that. Honestly, it somewhat reminds me of Theory cashing in on the U.S. title because it's like they always rub in your face. It's a world title. Mm-hmm. It's like the Rumble two feet on the floor for a world title. No disqualifications in the triple threat. These are things like that are just we know this. They and are then laws. They just start con- contradicting these things when it's, it's just convenient. Like, once yeah, in a blue moon. it's it's annoying. The finish uh, really annoys me. I thought this was. Okay, there were a plenty of things I thought that weren't super clean. I guess it wasn't at least offensive. Yeah, there were some pretty, then, there were some definite misfires. Don't know if it needed to be 18 minutes in that state, but anyways. Oh, that just feels, that bores me just hearing the time. But some of the action was good. Uh, I was hoping for better. I thought, it, I gave it three and a quarter. It was better than the two matches before this. The fact that this is match of the night is kind of sad. So far. So far, yes. Um, Yeah, this was mediocre at best. There was some okay action but just like more memorable for the things that didn't connect Mm -hmm. um and just the pace was again kind of boring and somewhat slow and then the finish really puts a damper on things for me because i just think it's stupid the finish was stupid and And i think all three of these women are awesome in ring like say what you will about charlotte she had she can go and eo sky was my favorite wrestler in the world for a while and i love asuka yeah, i just think the so main roster style has dwindled over the years and also my perception of it yep. so it's kind of a double downward spiral um and then i think eo's title reign hasn't like i don't think they've been booking it bad but i, I haven't don't heard think they've b- booked it like amazingly um so this was fine i guess it wasn't outright offensive like the last triple threat we got but it wasn't wasn't great. much better either. Uh, three and a qu- I'll agree with you on the three and a quarter because I don't give a crap to give my own original rating. <laughs> uh, Ellie Knight shows up in a Slim Jim car and Jack is furious. We already talked about <laughs> so that. So stupid. And this is I. Uh, this is where I officially I'm stopping talking about segments and videos. There's just too many and none of them matter. Okay. Pat McAfee comes to the ring in a Colts WWE belt. Yeah, he's um out flaunting and advertising one of the NFL belts that don't matter. Um. Who cares? He panders. Cena music hits. I fast forward. Uh, we get LA Knight, John Cena versus Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa. The thing that made me laugh is um I watched like his um, new Legacy Inc. Shout out to them because I enjoy watching them. But they're always the ones playing the wrestling games and do like because they're always they'll do whatever crap on the wrestling games or whatever. And it, and I usually watch that. But they also do like the pay per view simulations on the games. So yeah. uh, they simulate fast. And the thing I thought they did was funny is um. They uh had they swapped Cena and Knight's ring gear, so nice. they had like Cena dressed as LA Knight and then vice versa. And uh Jimmy and Solo aren't a real team because they didn't share each other's clothes. Did you happen to see LA Knight's gear for refing on NXT? The vest. It was next level. It was like work boots, jeans, uh, a leather vest over top of a sleeveless referee shirt, and sunglasses. It was solid. I saw it. It was basically LA Knight. If he just happened to have a ref shirt instead. Yeah. So this is the match we're getting. The crowd is really behind LA Knight, as they have been for quite a while now. Cena does Cena stuff. <laughs> so such Cena does Cena such stuff. professional note taking. Mm. Cena does Cena stuff against you Jimmy. You can to tell start. when we like a show. Sokoa tags in and drops Cena with one uppercut. Heels isolate Cena and it's plotting. There is no action to call, so commentary talk about the bloodline forever. 
I feel which like, is also interesting at this point in time. I feel like I've been watching the same mostly dull tag team match all night. Heels isolate with basic, basic offense, hot tag, repeat. Sokoa has a nice hip attack to Cena. This is so boring as the basic beatdown of Cena lasts forever. Knight finally tags in and runs wild until a Jimmy super kick. Knight slam, elbow drop to Jimmy. Cena crossbody to Solo. Uso splash to Cena. The crowd chants, this is awesome. Agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> wholeheartedly may i add night punches the bloodline forever as the crowd <laughs> chants yeah that just sounds boring in of itself sudden superplex from night you know the one where he hops up on the ropes the one that pat mcafee screws up because pat mcafee sucks and the five knuckle shuffle to jimmy bft and it's over after 16 minutes uh my thoughts are that were a few minutes of action cannot override many minutes of inaction, and this is what every tag match on this show has felt like so far. This match was mostly a slog and will be added to the pile of forgettable matches on this PLE. As this trend continues, it gets harder. I would argue the whole PLE is forgettable matches. It gets harder to pay attention. Two and three quarter stars below average tag match, in my opinion. This show has no energy at all. I would I argue this is the worst match so far because it's the it's, mine. it's the same boring tag match we've seen two times already. Plus Cena. Plus that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> it's this boring paint by numbers tag match, but now you add in paint by numbers Cena. Yep. It's just it's so boring and like lifeless. The crowd are like, I think the crowd to their credit are about they as thought it was in, awesome. Buddy. They're they're as into this as one could possibly be. But this match is just not even just the crowd. Must the be crowd, cheap drinks uh, in that the arena. crowd aside, the match itself is so lifeless and it just was. bland and flavorless. You want MJF and Jay stuff. to borrow a line from MJF? This match is truly just—it's tofu. It's bland. It's boring. It has nothing to it. It needs something else. But unlike tofu, the, no the something else never comes. Never. Comes. Uh, it's just—it was so boring and just even LA Knight charisma and LA Knight being awesome does not help this one bit um Cena being brought back does nothing for me um and that extends to NXT or anything he's yeah I'll talk me. about that for sure um and it's just like his offense is boring now I feel like he's doesn't do much else other than the five moves of doom now and it's just like this is just so boring it does not help that the bloodline saga has far dropped off yep um yeah two and three quarters is being nice um Let's be mean. I'm going to go two and a half. That's fair. Totally fair. All right. So Damian Priest was backstage with Judgment Day, said that he was not going home empty-handed. He wanted to cash in money in the bank. And Rhea Ripley told him he's not ready and can do it another night. And Priest hands her the case. And if only he Ripley had tells him to rest up and made this show interesting. I think they were basically like, hey, hey, nothing interesting's happening on this show. Just so <laughs> you know. Letting me know if that. If you no want to stop watching now, we've got your money. If they just want, if they wanted to just. This is the escape hatch. This, this is them way. outright telling me that there's nothing we didn't I want take to the see escape here. hatch. Yeah. Our own fault. <laughs> then, I don't know if you remember this. You enjoyed this very much, we too. The uh, Butch and Ridge sell some toys. <sighs> Pete Dunn would never, okay? <laughs> Pete Dunn would I knew this never. Was yeah, it was them like, what was it? Oh, I it was the Wreck and Slam, the big monster truck. That's what it was. I think I just suppressed the trauma was... of this show. <laughs> it's because, you know, how they got like the Wreck and Place. That's where you can yeah, yeah, smash yeah. the crap and whatever. It was the big monster truck one. Oh, that's right. It was. Um, and they were just like, and they were going to go take it to, sh to show Seamus. Like, it's so, <laughs> so, 
stupid. <laughs> I will take it to show Seamus, a 260-pound grown adult male, the run and show him. That's, like, this, like, people want to say he, like, wrestles with, like, Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne would never do this. I don't care if Pete Dunne's a this. Pete Dunne would not do this, okay? That's all I'm going to say is, like, this is not my Pete Dunne. This is not Peter England. This is Butch. That's right. So at this point, I realized there's only one more match, and I was really excited because we were just in over two hours long, and I had been fast-forwarding pointless parts, and somehow it still felt long, like, <laughs> honestly. So the main event is a last-man-standing match, right, with Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, Shinsuke targets the back right away, and this would be a thing, right, by driving Seth into the apron, then the barricade. I don't uh, think it helps them that this was last man standing, which is never the most. Not my favorite. I feel like it's because. Um, it's just momentum killer. That's what I was thinking. Is It's like, it's kind of like an I quit match. Although I feel like I quit matches can work because like sometimes you can work in a submission or something. Because like, yeah. I quit can work like last man standing where there's a pause in the action or it doesn't have to be, right? It mm-hmm. can be worked into the action. So I think while we see them fewer, I would argue I quit is a little better maybe. Yeah. Because they, they're pretty similar, let's be they honest. Are. But last man standing, yeah, it's like such a momentum killer every time. It's like a it's like a casket match because that's the, the momentum kind of stops to do that. I got a second casket one. Casket matches are worse. I got a second one this week too. Second, Did you know that? Last man standing? Uh, yeah. Hmm? On We'll Impact? get there, yeah. Okay, that, I don't know why I guessed that, but just because I didn't it think was it was on NXT. Impact. But yeah, just it's the not... final fall of a larger match. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Um, but like, sorry, my but get to get back to the point. I'm tr- I was trying to make is like, Rollins and Nakamura are both fantastic, and this is not the match I would put them in. Like, if I mean, I get why they're doing it just to ramp up the rivalry because it's been yeah like pretty personal but i would to to give them a better match i would not put them in this match because i don't think it plays to their particular strengths especially together so i don't think it was the best match choice no probably not uh rollins what he reverses a suplex on the floor uh pulls back the mats right exposes the concrete yeah because he wants to avoid getting slammed on hard things rollins throws chairs garbage cans and a table into the ring we get a running knee to rollins lying on the apron Knee to Rollins back to knock him off the apron. Um, Nakamura gets nunchucks, right? And uses the I thought that set. was kind of cool, at least, because it's different and yep. specific to him. So it didn't get a ton of use, but I thought it was at least... Um, the idea was nice. Um, Nakamura hits that sliding German. He That's really Seth's cool. in the ropes. That's always cool. Kendo stick shots to a trash can with Seth inside of it. Uh, lengthy Nakamura sleeper. Rollins sling blade kind of turns the tide in this one, and then we get a kendo a stick attack you know those by Rollins. Sling blades. That's it. Uh, making snacks, so notes would dwindle from here. <laughs> Brawl in the crowd. This is one of those shows where you have to keep uh, making th- snacks to keep those. us awake. It was not even to keep me awake, but because we started relatively on time, so it wasn't crazy late. But no. it was partially to keep me awake and also to give me something to do. I actually specifically remember, I don't remember when, but at some point cutting up a pear just because yes, that was did. something to keep me occupied because this show was just... Ugh. Seth gets kicked off the stands onto something, but not the floor. I just didn't know what he landed on. Um, we get chair shots to Seth's back. A pedigree is countered. Seth gets backdropped on the floor. Super kick and a pedigree from Rollins. Double knees off the second rope to Rollins through a table on the floor. Chair shots to Rollins. Uh, Nakamura gets run into the post to shift the momentum again. Both climb a ladder beside the announce table. Um, 
Because that's smart. Missed to Seth, and he's pushed off the ladder through the announce table. Backbreaker to Seth on a chair. Uh, Kinshasa sends Rollins into a table in the corner. Pedigree and a stomp on a platform in front of the crowd. And then we get the finish comes when the Falcon Arrow off the platform through a table. Seth gets up. Which to me... Shinsuke does not. He Seth, almost did, though. Seth retains, yes. To me, that didn't feel like a match ending, kind of. Like, that. I feel like there's... It wasn't the most you satisfying crunch through whatever that was. The tables. Cardboard yeah. boxes and pillows. I don't well, know, it's just it like, I don't know. People get up from table spots all the time. It's just like, I don't know. It didn't, didn't feel like a last man standing match ender. Yeah, it easily, pretty easily, I thought, the best match on the show. Still Which not isn't quite, a wild compliment. Still not quite the level I was hoping for. Like we said, last man standing, there's just that lack of momentum and pace at times. And on a, it's different. Again, if there's been different style matches, but there's been no fast action on this show. This wasn't even like fast. So if there were other like different, you had some cruiserweights or whatever, and then you do this, fine. Um, it was good, I guess. I was pretty exhausted and frustrated by the big pile of nothing leading up to this. But I think the story of this match telegraphed who was winning it because Nakamura dominated so much. It kind of became clear like... Yeah. It's not happening. They're never going to take a chance on him, I guess. Like I said, pretty good match on a bad show. Three and a half stars. I think the worst part about this is that it just, I think it officially kills Nakamura as a top title threat because I think and they you surprised love Seth, me. But this felt like the time, right? This felt like the time, yeah. And I, like, I don't know, just because the promos that Shinsuke had were really cool and I felt like they were finally going to try to do something with him. Right. And it felt like he was finally getting his chance at the top and... I, I, I understood him losing the first match to a degree because there's always room for another, and there there was here, but then they just kind of killed it again. I thought this was a fine match as far as last man standing goes, but again, just never my favorite match type. And yeah, they kind of telegraphed the winner here with the, the story. And down. Some of the spots were solid. I thought the announced table spot was pretty cool, but just nothing really screamed out to me. Best match on the show, I would say I don't, I'd give it... It was good. I had three and a quarter, I guess, because like, I just, yeah. I don't really like, like, three and a half just feels too generous to me. I feel like that's something that's, like, really good, that's, like, getting really, really good. So, like, I just can't yep. go that high. No, just I don't blame you. It was easily the best thing on the show, but that's not, that really, really doesn't low say bar. a lot. Um, Yeah, I don't know. This whole show was just so. Give it your overall grade so since you're already. So boring. Ranting. So boring. Oh, my God. Just opener. Boring. Six-man tag. Boring. Carlito's back. That's fine, but that was totally telegraphed and also just, like, incredibly paint-by-numbers for the first two matches. Women's match. Boring. Bad finish. Cena match. So, so boring. Probably my least favorite match on the show. It was mine. Um, Last-man standing match. Best thing on the show. Um, Pretty solid, but at times, still bored me. So, um, this show, I wish I could give it a B for boring, but I think at best it's a C show because it was just... Oh, I thought you were gonna go D. It was D range with I it. I would even I so I went C minus. I'll go C okay. Uh C minus, sure. It C minus. Uh it's just it was such a slog to get through. I was like I, I wasn't was falling asleep, but I was just like barely clinging on to like consciousness just because I was just so bored in my mind. It was just a waste of time. There's no I could have skipped this show and not missed a beat. Pretty much a waste of time. And unfortunately that's kind of what I was expecting. We got a title change, I guess, but other than that, nothing memorable happened. An unwanted title change at that. The tag matches 
felt copy and paste and the first one wasn't good let alone the third right so the women's match was fine but a bit clunky could have been a lot better too the main event was pretty good but couldn't Mm -hmm. save this show right underwhelming matches obnoxious commentary relentless ads and sponsorship spots lack of energy just in general with this really tough to get through c minus like d plus would even be within range so not did not enjoy no okay so let's move into some wrestling i think it's safe to say we did enjoy and that is taking a look at this week's aew dynamite All right, let's talk about the dynamite that got crushed in the ratings this Gotta week. Gotta have reached deep in for that positivity after yeah. going through fast lane. Ugh, that was abysmal. Anywho, um, we kick off with uh, weirdly just uh, Christian Cage in the production area speaking words. Um, he was just talking about um tonight having a lot of implications for him with uh, Danielson facing Swerve Strickland for a shot at his title on for this Saturday's collision, or which is tonight, I guess, when this is coming out. Um, he also talked about Luchasaurus um, facing Adam Copeland, and he's going to end his run before it even gets started. He said he might elaborate on what he said to, uh, or on the three words he said to Copeland last week. And he said he he made sure Dynamite was commercial free for the first thirty minutes, much like NXT. Mm-hmm. He told one of the a holes to start the show, and then we cut to the intro. Yeah, I thought he did this in the production truck, right? So I thought yeah. that was cool in a different location. Yeah, he's, I liked it. He's just super comfortable with this character and it's so enjoyable. And I can't believe how far we've come around on this guy. He's like the exception to my, like, I don't want you grabbing WWE veterans that are past their prime. No offense yep. to him. I don't think he would argue he's in his prime still. Still good, but like... Character prime. Maybe, I am but... thoroughly enjoying him, man. And I, I don't love them recycling veterans, but he is working for me. Well, I don't think it's recycling if they're trying something new. True. Which they, like, this is... He hasn't done... He didn't do he this He can't in, do this in WWE. He can't do it in WWE. He, he didn't no. do it in TNA. Like, even if he was heel, like, this is a new kind of thing, right? Especially with obviously being older, so the father figure thing works better. Um, but yeah, so it's an, it's a new lease on life for him, at least like kayfabe wise or sorry, like career wise. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a great use of him cause yeah, we've come around him around on him. Like I look tenfold. forward to him speaking more than almost anyone right now, him mm-hmm. and Samoa Joe right now, or like, yeah, I was saying very them, much or I always, um, enjoy when we get to see bang, bang, gang and Eddie, when he gets a minute, I forgot. Swerve. I was going to go over the buy-in match because I watched it. Oh, yeah. you can, Yeah, you want to do that. Uh, so it's Suzuki, Eddie Kingston for the New Japan Openweight and the Ring of Honor Heavyweight Championships, I think. Kind of right? like Both. the Shibata match. So this did not take... There's not a lot of variety in this. So it straps down for Eddie right away. Chop Exchange starts this one. Suzuki moves on to forearms. Eddie's selling like crazy. Nothing other than chops and forearms for several minutes. Now Suzuki's sort of selling for Eddie. Eddie hits an exploder for the first non-strike of the match, and this is several minutes in. Um, Suzuki with punts to a seated Eddie, who keeps firing up. Back to chops. Suzuki's are overhand now, and Suzuki is laughing maniacally. Tony complains. (laughs) This was my highlight of this match. Tony uh, Shivani complains, maybe I'm old, because he's about to complain about how nobody's making any pin attempts, right? And, And so Excalibur literally says, is JR here? Because JR always moans about the product, right? So it's like Excalibur knows that JR adds nothing and is just this bitter old man complaining about the product he's supposed to be promoting, right? So I thought this was hilarious. That's funny. Um, there's a bunch of... I wonder, JR, or I wonder how JR feels about that. Bunch of hurricanes that 
have normally are pretty effective, but not against Suzuki, I guess. Well, I think this the Hurricane or the Yurkin or whatever, however it's pronounced, exists in this weird nemesis where it is a finisher, but it's not like the most effective because like Claudio took three and what was it like a about some like some move or I forget what it was. It might have been the Northern Lights bomb. It is. But that's like what he's trying he to took get. like three and like. Or no, anyways, like, or sorry, Eddie hit Claudio with like three and like some move or whatever. It was like two and then a move and then three, or sorry, the third one. And he, Claudio still kicked out. Remember then yeah. took the Yurkin and then I think it wasn't a nine bomb. And then there's a Yurkin and power it bomb is. that wanted like a he total he hit four and other moves to beat Claudio. So it's like this weird like it was a finisher for him and now it's like kind of a finisher. But I not. think it's moving into signature because he's gonna go Northern Lights bomb and power bomb. I think Northern Lights bomb is kind of so cool. this was I Hurricane. like that better than a power bomb because it's. More unique. This was Hurricane Inseguri, uh, Northern Lights Bomb. Eddie just wins. It kind of came out of nowhere. They chop each other after the match, too, and then hug. Um, and Eddie leaves to give Suzuki the ring, even though Suzuki lost. So Eddie high-fives Renee on his way up the ramp and gives RJ City the finger, which was also my other favorite part of this, because RJ City's standing right with her, and he like walks over, high-fives Renee, flips him the bird. Um, Does he have history with them or something i don't know i just made, made me laugh uh really quick slugfest not really much wrestling i mean this i don't mind japanese strong style you know me but this was like 80 percent chops and it was a bit too much for me mm-hmm. fun for eddie i'm sure but i, I yeah di- i'm happy for him like that he gets to do things like this because I, I like that for him didn't honestly. really feel like a championship match but whatever it was fine double championship sorry match. carry on to a better match yeah um i just like the bit from christian though as well Me too. um love christian always. he's he's funny um i like him talking about swerve and dance and obviously keep the window open for either mm-hmm. regardless of perceptions um and he always amuses me um and we'll see more of him later uh, and then we go to our opener after the intro, which is Swerve Strickland versus Brian Danielson. First time ever, I believe. I am very, very uh, for excited for this. number one contenders match for the TNT title. Yeah, so... This is a pretty close to a dream matchup at this point for yeah. me. And which a lot of those involved I Danielson wrote in my notes, but um, Danielson, like, if this is his last run, right, I'm glad, like, someone like Swerve Strickland gets to work it's with him. It's the final countdown. Some might call it that. Or the final, the last rodeo, if you want to call it that. That also works, I think. Um, but yeah, so what I was uh, getting at was, uh, here's NXT loading up their show with a bunch of main roster appearances. You know, Cena's here, Heyman's here, Undertaker's here, Oscar's going to wrestle, Cody's going to make an announcement. And I don't give one iota, but that you give me some matches like Switchblade and Hangman, who I love both of them immensely, and then Swerve Strickland versus Brian Danson, which is a dream match like you said and i love swerve so that's mm-hmm. awesome like those are two matches that sound fantastic to me so yep. that immediately has me infinitely more interested like that's how you get me to watch a Same. show um opposed to the the bull crap that nxt has to offer um some notables from the match there was a small package back and forth where you, where you get like a series of two counts where the rest is just counting constantly um swerve had a nice sidewalk slam on the apron uh, power slam from Swerve, then like he does that smooth transition, like the rolling transition uh, back up into a suplex for two. Yeah, that just looks cause nice. That's how he do. Um, Swerve went for a 450, but Danson got his knees up. Uh, Danson connected with a diving shotgun drop kick later on. Uh, yes kicks in the roundhouse from Danson for two. Uh, Swerve was dancing in the tree of woe, like but over hanging over the apron. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's the tree of woe double foot stomp to Danson on the apron, which looked pretty sweet. 
Um, another cool one was uh, Swerve going for the Swerve Stomp from the top rope back in the ring. Um, but Danielson kind of countered it and um, reversed into a half crab, which was really cool. Um, and then he switched it to, to like an Achilles lock or a, I think it was an Achilles lock or a like heel hook or whatever mm-hmm. uh, until Swerve got to the ropes. Danielson hit a nice avalanche back suplex. Uh, Danielson connect, connected with those uh, wrist capture stomps and he locked in the LaBelle lock and he kind of like adjusted it to hook both arms so Swerve couldn't get to the ropes, but he got his foot on the ropes. Uh, Danielson hit the running corner drop kick, then went for another, but his ribs kind of like. Because he kept he keeps bouncing off the corner. I love it. He's got some sort of rib injury for or some like reason. Or like liver, they were saying organs, I think, too, right? So it looked cool because it was slightly delayed. I liver liked of it. sand. Liver of sand. <laughs> he took like our, a couple steps. Our out new of the running corner. joke. That will yeah. be. A, you're gonna get a lot of body part of sand and body part of granite. Yeah. Ankle of granite's <laughs> coming up yeah. later. Actually. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. I I remember I noted that. Um. But yeah, so he kind of collapses like on his knees and then Swerve just is like, all right. And he just runs and nails him with a house call and then Swerve's on for near fall. Crowd definitely bid on that one I wrote. Like the crowd uh, got into that one there and I thought that was really nice. The house call, it's so simple but yet so effective. And this one was where the camera was pulled in a little bit. So, so it's just, just his, like his, his foot, foot comes came out, out of nowhere. nowhere. Yeah. Looked great. Um, there's a bit where so dancing, like he's running to the corner, and so he tries to do that thing where like he vaults over Swerve, but Swerve catches his legs and he like flips him out. Remember into the sit out? Oh, slam, yeah. Which that really looked cool. awesome. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, the finish comes and Nana distracts the ref, and Swerve tries to cheat again with like his Nana's jewels or his crown or whatever it is. Um, no, it was was it this or was it where later in the no show where he was and it was, it was shocking. Like, yeah, I think it was this one. It, I think it was yeah because we watched it all in one sitting, so we it just kind of blurs. Um, but yeah, so then Hangman came in and took it away, just kind of preventing what happened to him at Wrestle Dream. And Danson uh, gets the roll for two, but um, then eventually connects with the blue psycho knee to pick up the win and so we'll get the Anson versus christian cage on collision i thought this was awesome i love both of these guys and i thought they delivered just back and forth action plenty of time to tell a story i think it was like 16 minutes interference was kept to a minimum because that was one of my fears right i think they saved it for the finish too, which worked well I think. the finish didn't bother me either it protects um there's a little bit of protection there, and it took more than the initial initial distraction roll up, right? Because mm-hmm. that was a big near fall. It's like, oh, it's a distraction right. roll up. This is WWE, so I appreciate. And it keeps that feud going, which I'm okay yes. with as well. I appreciate that they took a little time after For the sure. distraction. Uh, fantastic TV match that I hope they circle back around to these guys somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also fine with more Page Swerve, as you said. That's no, not no over, and it's there. nice to know that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't. It just didn't feel over from the first match. I feel like that's just a lot of feuds are never over at the first match. There's it's, meat on that bone still. It's really rare, and I think it's part of me just wanting to see me them too. again. And personally, I want to see them just have a full on like a great match with the proper dynamic. Because again, that that Seattle crowd really threw me off. Um, but I guess this was a this was a battle of the Wrestle Dream homeboys. Because yep. They were both hometown boys there. Um, but yeah, great opener to start the show. Bit of a dream match. At least a combination I really wanted to see. I'm surprised we just got it randomly. Um, but it's as good as you would have expected from this combination. Yeah, um, With just a touch on the line here, there's decent believability. It could go either way. Although Christian being a heel and just kind of made me assume it was dancing. And just because Swerve doesn't always need wins. I think we he does. And I think he's starting to need wins more and more as they want to build him, obviously. Mm-hmm. But he's so great that he can get 
he can like look great in defeat here like he did. So I don't think it's like especially just when it's a one off like this. I don't think it was absolutely necessary. He gets yeah. the win. I think big wins like the one with Hangman are good to keep him kind of in a balance. Um, but I figured Danson would win and he did, which is totally fine by me. Um, Swerve got a couple of nice close falls though. I'm happy to report he came out of this once again looking great despite not getting the win. Like I said, he can look great win or lose. House call was killer per the usual. Um, a couple moves on the apron that he hit were really sweet. Um, Daniels is great as always. It's there's no real specifics with him. He's just stellar. Um, and these two matched pretty well. I thought. Yep. I thought also no commercials. Um, just felt like it felt like this was able to breathe and just there wasn't any interruptions. No picture picture. We had to escape. It just kind of mm-hmm. existed. So I thought that was really nice. It was. And I think the finish works keeping Daniels or sorry not Daniels Hangman and Swerve's feet alive, which is totally fine by me because I I really enjoyed. Um, their program, so I'm totally fine with that continuing. Me too. Um, and Danson versus Christian uh, should be cool too. Yep. Um, just a little disappointed that that, that doesn't get some build because I would love for Christian to find some excuse to just rip on Danielson. So I almost wish it was for next week's collision so we could get something. He probably will, would go after the, the wife, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, he did it to Edge yep. later on, so right. they're not immune, I guess. It's dead wives, uh, what? Or sorry, Who is this edge? Dead speaker? wives. Wow, I said dead wives. Dead wives. Uh, dead fathers or wives that are not far from his age. Careful, this co- podcast has killed before, so that's true. We've you don't want another murder on. I'm your, just glad on our hands. Bray Wyatt was not not my fault. Doing. That not, one wasn't not our me. Doing. No. Um, next, we get a quick Samoa Joe vignette. Um, he was talking about how he's gonna soon become the AEW World Champion. He said on collision he'll begin his road to the championship, which is him defending the t- his title against Willie Mack. So that doesn't seem like going for the AEW <laughs> title, but I don't, maybe I just don't know. Um, he said he'll prove why he's the man who takes what he wants from anybody he wants to. Um, he said he begins his ascension to greatness this Saturday. He, I, I love Samoa Joe. This like refined version of him. The, I love the calm but menacing demeanor he yes. has. Um, when he was, especially when he was um introducing himself at the beginning. Yes, I thought I just loved like the menacing undertone of that. I thought that was really awesome. Everything he does is believable. That man is a treasure. I think. Like mm-hmm. I think he is just super underrated in all aspects of. And I never knew he was so good character wise and like promo wise. This is he's just a polished professional. Maybe it's wrestler. just like a thing with him and like Christian where. As your body in the in-ring stuff may deteriorate, which for Joe at least it hasn't shown much. I would I, say, yeah, but he still looks just great. as a general thing, as your as the in-ring quality uh, deteriorates, maybe it just forces them to get better with their character stuff. Yep. I think um, he's great. They definitely have. Um, I thought this one was a lot more straightforward than last week, just in what he was saying. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think that's a bad thing. I still think it was really good. I uh, built something small for Collision this week, so that's nice, and it continues his slow arc. So I like it. Me too. If MJF escapes with the title. I do say if because it's Switchblade we're dealing with. Right. Um, but if MJF comes out uh, of that with the title, um, I'm okay with Joe getting another crack. Me too. But I don't, respectfully, I don't think Joe is the guy to beat MJF. Um, but I don't either. But I think a Joe title run at some point, I'm fine with. I would be if- fine with it. But um, if I had to choose between him, if I if we have him, Swerve, and Switchblade on the same conversation. I have to pick one to not get a run. Joe's the one I'm. How picking. dare you? Because I th- he he's had runs elsewhere. That got to give runs to Swerve and Switchblade. Uh, next we have another person with a nickname, uh, which is Powerhouse Hobbs versus Chris Jericho, who has fifteen thousand and one nicknames. And 
couple of things that I really enjoyed on this show. There were a couple signs that amused me. This is where we saw the first one that's simply <laughs> right in, across from the hard <laughs> camera. What, name a good Sonic game. Name a good Sonic game. And that's <laughs> just really funny to me somehow. I just It's related to absolutely nothing. And it was just great. Loved it. It's I don't know. There's another one coming up later as well. This was my favorite one, but there's a second sign later too. I don't remember what was the other one. It was I don't remember offhand, but I know I made a note of it. I there was another one you mentioned too. I don't remember what it was either. Stop but. using Canadian Destroyer. Was the, sun, <laughs> yeah. the other one? Because there's like AEW did that twice. Yeah, that was right. in the Cassidy Phoenix. I noticed that one. Ah, funny because it's involved. It's involved Cassie both times. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, there's a bit of brawling early on, but then Jericho comes running at Hobbs, which is the la- literally the one thing you're not supposed to do against someone who prominently uses a spine buster. Because guess what? Jericho gets caught with the spine buster for an early two count. Some ground and pound from Hobbs. Um, another spine buster from Hobbs, followed by another spine buster. Headbutt and what? A spine buster. Mm-hmm. Um, Jericho fights back with some forearms and shoulder tackles and a co-breaker for two. Hobbs hits. What is it? A spine buster. A spine buster. Uh, Jericho goes after the knee with a chop block and tries for the walls. He succeeds until Hobbs is able to work his way out. Um, then Hobbs hits like a big time uh, front slam. No, the front slam, the oh. strongest slam with like he got a bit of height on it, like a little more. Like, I think they it looked, looked good. really impactful. Looked like yeah, it looked nice. Another world strongest slam from Hobbs for the win. And then after he slams Jericho again, um, I thought this was certainly surprising because it's pretty much Hobbs, 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 ninety percent of the match. <laughs> it was. Um, I like that Hobbs was dominant here. Me too. Oh, I really like they basically manhandled Jericho for the majority of the match. However, my one complaint is I think it was drawn out too long. Uh, the thing I was saying to you is I think Jericho shouldn't have even gotten a chance to fight back. I think he should have, like, I think they should have started the exact same way where Jericho tries to get in, but, like, he runs at Hobbs like a big dummy and then gets caught with a spine buster. But then I think Hobbs should have hit him with a couple more spine busters, did the front slam, and killed him then and there. Because I think they should have they should have Cody Rhodes this thing, you know? Re- redo the Brody Lee incident. Like, that's what we got to do. Um, give Jericho the Cody treatment. It would truly make me happy. Um, regardless, I think this is the kind of thing they should be doing with Hobbs, though. Uh, this is like, making him a monster again. I thought this was a good start to Hobbs's new lease on life with the Don Cass family. And this is... Some shades of Wardlow, but I notice how I like it infinitely more. I think this is how you build a dominant monster. The not the loss does not hurt Jericho. This is at dominance all. with a purpose, unlike Wardlow. Hobbs looks like a killer, and I know. So I don't have a problem with the seven minutes, and I'll say why. Because if Hobbs is following Callus's orders, he would want Jericho to suffer as much as possible. So the extended squash. That's makes true. Sense. That's not a bad way to look at it, actually. Um. And I like the choice they made here very much. They needed to clean the stink off of, like, of QTV. Yeah, I think this is very much like a clean slate match. Yeah. So I think this, I was very surprised by this too, but super happy with the decisions they made here. And I like Hobbs a lot. So he is a much superior Wardlow to me. Like, I'm way (laughs) more interested in... Exactly. Like, this was... The Spinebuster thing was... um, I'm calling it Spinebuster Swan Song. Yeah. Uh, this was much better than the Powerbomb Symphony. But yeah, like this is much more interesting than Wardlow. And this is exactly what I was saying they need to do with him. Because I like Hobbs a lot, but like his in- initial addition to the Don Cassidy was a little iffy to me just because of what they've been doing with him prior to this. So I think this is great just wiping the slate clean and starting over. Yep. So um, I'm glad they're, they seem to be getting off on the right foot here. I thought so. Uh, next, we get another 
uh, Roddy and Cole segment. Uh, Cole is still at Roddy's house. He said he's been here for like a week. Um, and so now Roddy needs him to cut the grass. <laughs> and so it was pretty funny. He's like pushing himself on the scooter and pushing the lawnmower. And then the kingdom are keeping up um, with him with Roddy on the wheelchair. Um, after cutting the grass, Cole was gifted one of the neck strong shirts, which I thought was a nice little touch because now he's not wearing like the tag merch with MJF. Like mm-hmm. Roddy's giving his shirt now. So I thought that was kind of a nice little bit. Um, Taven had a, the giraffe with him again, and they explained it actually, saying the giraffe is the that's most right. neck strong animal. And I was like, oh, that's good because I thought the giraffe with Taven was freaking weird and kind of stupid. But I'll admit that's kind of funny. Okay. Um, Cole said there's no cell service here, not a single TV, and Strong basically says TV is the devil. Nice choice of words, and they don't need it. Cole wanted to leave again. Uh, he says he really needs to get his surgery, but Strong said he needed one last thing. So it looks like we'll get another segment, which I'm totally okay with because I kind of enjoy this again. I think the MJF and Cole segments, like we were saying, were kind of jumping the shark and we're getting like they were losing the magic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Roddy, um, being put in these more consistently has uh, breathed new life into this the storyline as a whole. Yeah. So I like that. Also, keeping Cole on TV is nice. Um, I find uh, having Cole or Cole having to push his scooter and like moving the lawnmower was, was pretty funny. funny. Um, and then the kingdom pushing Ryan to keep up with him just to criticize. That was my Cole. favorite part because it's as much work to push Roddy in the wheelchair to criticize Cole's mowing as just pushing the mower, right? right. So that was exactly, funny. Too. Yeah. Um, the explanation for the draft was pretty funny. Um, and I feel kind of dumb for not making that connection. Like it, it makes sense mm-hmm. and um. It makes it a little funnier, even if it is the kingdom. Um, also enjoy Roddy subtly cutting Cole off from MJF in the outside world. No service TV is coincidentally the devil. Um, so I enjoyed this. I thought this was, this was a nice change of pace from what we've been getting. I thought it was fun, uh, entertaining. But like to nitpick it, I don't know why Cole would keep doing it. Because but... it's his friend. and Well, cause I feel like it's because he feels like Roddy might think he's been neglecting this whole time. So this is kind of a makeup for yeah. that. And like... Because Roddy, he also cares about Roddy still at the And end if of the Roddy day, had so. nobody else there, it'd be different. But he has, and they are, like, I get it. It's part of the comedy is but that they... I think it's just the guilt trip thing, right? Yeah, so. I'm entertained, so it's mm-hmm. fine. Uh, next, we get Ray Phoenix versus John Moxley. Wait, no, he's not cleared. It's my boy, Orange Cassidy. Which, again, is weird because John Moxley is my boy. But it's a weird universe we live in folks mm-hmm. uh for the aw international championship mox is not cleared so guess what it's time to reset the timeline um cassidy has his backpack out with him foreshadow mm. um early on phoenix gets that rope walk kick for two didn't get all of it glancing blow whatever you want to call it um then a basement super kick after the kicker which he definitely connected with because i thought that looked was that nice. when the taz was like yes well scouted i think he Maybe he did catch him because he wasn't expecting him to set to Orange to sell it because he missed him. And yeah. then Orange sold yeah, it and yeah. Taz had to be like, oh, maybe he <laughs> yeah. did get him. Yeah. yeah. Um, Phoenix got a frog splash for two. Uh, Phoenix went for his Blackfire driver. I remember the name. But his back gives out. Then Cassie drop kicks him in the back. So that's sad. So I thought that was nice. Um, and then Phoenix sent him over. Or sorry. Cassie sent Phoenix over the barricade. Uh, Cassie grabs Phoenix's foot and tripped him on the apron. Which I thought looked pretty good. Um, Diving DDT absolutely spikes Phoenix, and then Cassie hits the Tilt World DDT, spiking him again for two. Phoenix sold the crap out of Both those. Both of them looked really good. Those look phenomenal. Uh, Phoenix goes for the rolling cutter, but his back gives out. Cassie hits a beach break for two. Um, finish comes in. Cassie hits an orange punch and rolls him up with the mouse trap, 
and the timeline is reset and all is right in the world. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it was... Um, I liked it because it's like Cassidy wants the title so badly, he's willing to target a pre-existing injury, right? Which he happened to him ca- like time and time again. He actually cares about something. Um, I like that. And... The DDTs looked awesome. It was like only five minutes, but I thought it was fun while it lasted, right? And it's the it kind of feels like the story of Cassidy more focused and aggressive in his efforts to get the title back. I is there a universe where he can turn heel? No, no, you don't think so. I don't so? think so. I just think like I maybe, but like I don't see it as very likely. And I think just the money as him and this the as this fighting champion, just like and like I think. Now it's evolved into not only see the fighting champion, but like him finally finding something worth caring about to yeah. him that like worth fighting for to him. So I like that this was kind of his redemption. I like the mini story they were telling over the weeks with like the little bits of hook where you can see it getting to him that he's like depressed without this title. Mm-hmm. So I really like that. Um, I am so happy with this though. The match itself was pretty good. I thought I knew um, you would be. It was. It was a cool change of pace, like Cassidy going after an injury and just like it felt like him fighting with a purpose, which I thought was really cool. Um, it's all the story of Phoenix being banged up. I don't know why he's complaining because Cassie went on for months like that. So I think Phoenix is just kind of sensitive. Um, we had a match where Cassie wasn't some, the one on the injury. The kind of role reversal here or how the turntables have turned, as mm-hmm. the famous saying goes. Um, it led to being Cassie more dominant in a match, which is, again, is weird, but um, still was good. I'm so happy he he won the title back, though. I just, like, I got split on this, and it was just, like, Oh, the the pure joy was just it was so nice. It's like AW's been listening to me because they actually gave For me sure. what I wanted. And I was correct in my assumption because you kind of doubted me, but um that like Moxley probably would or sorry, Cast no Phoenix would have lost the title either way. I think because so. um he's got visa issues and whatnot. So um it was likely that whoever faced him would have taken the title back. I feel like Cassie probably would have beaten Moxley eventually if Moxley um had kept the belt, just because mm-hmm. I feel like the hook segments were planned. I feel like his redemption arc was planned. It just probably would have been more of a spectacle, I feel like, for him to... Because this was, like you said, a really short match. But I'm super happy about this because he had a phenomenal title run that really won me over in the end. Um, I think you too, but myself more so, oh, for, yeah, sure. for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Enjoyed it. He had some phenomenal matches, and he really won me over. But then I think I've come to really love Orange Cassie this year um, to the point where I wanted him to beat my boy right so he's a, like in the wrestler of the year he's short in list. the conversation i would absolutely at least like nominate him i don't, I don't think he's i don't know if he's winning but um he absolutely deserves a place in there which is crazy but um i'm super happy he's back with his belt because it just feels right he made that belt what it is he made that belt the the aw's main mid card title in my opinion so i'm super happy it's back where it belongs and i'm hoping next week we can get back to um what we've missed for quite a bit uh, next, we get a brief bit for Tony Storm, which was basically just her announcing like she has a doing a silent film, and they aired during picture in picture. And we watched some of it, which I thought was now while we didn't see the whole thing. I like the idea of that because I think that's really smart. It got us watching to get people to picture. watch picture in picture because the like silent films, it's silent already, and picture picture is always silent. So I think it's kind of smart. I would like to see one without the commercial break, but. I think it's a smart use of that. So I thought that was kind of cool. They and I cut just, like, just before the film, though, which yes, is kind of weird. But I thought the idea was really cool, though. And I think they're just taking some risks with her doing this. And I, I appreciate that, right? I kind of, I'm kind of enjoying it, to be honest. And I, yeah. And so we'll see where it goes from here. I thought the execution was solid. Like, we didn't see all of it, but I thought it was perfectly fine. I thought the idea of it was really cool, though. Yep. And next we get Wardlow versus Matt Tidal. 
Yay. Returning Matt Seidel. Welcome hey. back, Uncle Matt. We love Matt Seidel. He had that one match I really liked with Kenny Omega and yep. nothing else. We have pictures with him. Oh my god, that okay, whenever Dynamite becomes rewatchable, that's something I need to rewatch. That's the first Eliminator match that I remember. It was good. It was Sidon Omega. I swear he had one with Joey Janela too, but I might be I might be tripping. But that I feel like that was with the trash game. That might have been Janela. I don't know. That match was really good though. I don't I don't just I just I remember that every now and then, you know? Matt said, remember what happened to Mike Sidal? I don't know. That's a real question. Um, notables, their shoulders to got in the corner from war though, and then he power bombed Sidal to death. Um, I can sum this up in two sentences because that's all I wrote. Uh, I don't care. This is the lame, the same lame Wardlow routine. Also, where was this care from the rest when Jericho was out there with Hobbs? They didn't stop that match. And he <laughs> that's the great point. Killed him. He killed him for like seven minutes, and this was like seventeen seconds. Or that's exaggeration, but yeah, it's like not only is this super stale because it feels like we're just circling back to we already did this thing we did this like a year ago and it also follows an extended squash already so it's and again you're right the ref didn't stop anything then and i think that one was more effective and more interesting to me and for me wardlow like as they say the bloom is off the rose at this point right like hobbs is a way more interesting version of wardlow i don't need to see both especially not whatever half an hour apart so i this was nothing for me I didn't need to see this regardless of what else was on the show, but I think Hobbs having a more interesting and more effective squash already, or just a dominant match at least, um, was all I needed, and I don't need Wardlow. I just I don't like him anymore. I don't want him around. I don't see a spot for him that Me is either. really sad. There's many other people that could use that no, spot. Again, WWE, please take him. They will. Um, Just as soon as possible. They I will. don't... With no disrespect to the guy, but I just I don't have the interest anymore. Um, next, we get an update, speaking of which, on Jericho. Um, he's with Renee, and he's getting like, looked at or whatever. Um, then Garcia comes and asks him right now he's, how he's doing. She's like, she no, no, no jazz, people. No. Um, then, <laughs> yeah. I don't and then want Menard this. asks what he's doing. Garcia says he's checking on someone they used to care about. Menard says they're better than this now, and he leaves. Then Garcia slowly leaves. This was fine. Uh, it's nice I'm doing something with Garcia, but this kind of feels like a backtrack. They were um, just getting out of his orbit, and now they're pulled back in. Yeah, this feels like a disconnect because the whole Jasper segment was they were all annoyed at him for whatever it was, and they all left him. And Guevara was the one who stayed, but That's now right. he's the one who turned on Jericho. And like, yeah, I don't know why we need to do this again. So both Guevara and Garcia have one eighty on their positions in Ex- the last couple. Of <laughs> yeah, weeks. exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think Garcia should be focusing on, like, he should be coming, he should be becoming a wrestler again. Yes. And ditching the sports entertainment thing. I think, like, because he's still kind of affiliated with the ex-Jazz people, so I think he should split from them and maybe, like, wreck them and, like, just uh, wreck them with submissions or whatever. Like, he could plow through 2.0 and then beat Hager on, like, you just do a little rampage arc or something. Yep. Um, but this is a regression. I agree. The ruthless regression. Um, next, we get Hangman Page versus Switchblade. Jay White uh, in a match I'm very yeah this was looking forward to um Jay White says he's three and he said he's three and oh I think against yep. Hangman including the Forbidden Fatal Four Way first match between these two on AEW so that's nice um I saw that Jay White's undefeated in singles competition nice um 
Juice and the Guns, they come out on like the little kid trucks that have like the big front wheels and the small back wheels. Homage to Taker? Question mark. That was my <laughs> I question. Thought, that was pretty funny. If it's an homage to Taker, that's pretty funny. I also thought it was funny because it had the same vibe as the out the mud entrance from No Mercy, except this one felt intentional because it, it's like supposed a, to be funny because Bullet Club Gold are funny. Juvenile parody of Taker kind of felt like, mm -hmm. which I liked. I, I, I like the yeah, and, and Juice is riding it with Card Blade, which is mm -hmm. just, it's, it's they're just funny, man. I love Bullet Club Gold so much. Um, chop some forearm strikes from Hangman early on. Pop up powerbomb on the apron from Hangman. We get the pop up sit up powerbomb in the ring from Hangman for a two count. Uh, front front chancery suplex in the turnbuckles from Switchblade, which is pretty cool. Um, Switch hits a shin breaker on the apron from or um and. So yeah, he was going for the, he was going after the knee throughout the match, which I don't know if there's a specific reason other than to take out the buckshot. Um, even so, that's okay. Uh, Moonsault, fall away slam from Hangman uh, from the top, which that always looks awesome. White hits his Yurinagi for a two count, which the way he does it, just there's some oomph spinning to it. solo. Yeah, it was a spinning solo. Yeah, uh, forearms are rolling over from Hangman. Um, Hangman looks for the buckshot, but he uh, sticks his boot out like he does, like the boot to keep uh, distance from White. But he catches the boot and hits the dragon screw in the ropes. Later on, Ori Harmon's all to the outside from Hangman. Ankles of granite. Ankles of granite. Um, I guess knee of granite, too, because that targeting didn't seem to take effect there. Uh, flatliner and a somewhat deadlift German suplex from White for two, which is pretty cool. Um, snap half and half from White. It was honestly oh, like great. an Omega Snapdragon, except a half, yep. which was pretty sweet. Um, then he took a second for a guns up, and then Hangman came back with a lariat. Just clocked him. Uh, Hangman went for a buckshot, but the knee gave out, which paid off for White. Then he went for a Blade Runner, but Hangman avoids it, hitting a dead eye for two, which looked really good. Um, Bullco Gold tried to distract the ref, so that kind of created the count delay. Uh, Bullco Gold distracts the ref again, then Nana hit, or sorry, he tries to hit me with the crown, but Hangman stops it. The distraction on the switch would get a deep roll up with the fistful of Tice for the win. Um, then post match, MJF comes out. He's fired up. He calls White an SOB and says he has his paper remaining and he got what he wants. Uh, now MJF wants the triple B back. Uh, White tells him to hang on. He says he just went uh, to 4-0 with Hangman and says people want to hear from him and not MJF. He tells the fans to shh, and um, he uh, says he is going to give it back, but the fans are being rude, so it's their fault that he won't give it back to MJF. Uh, he said, MJF says he knows White uh, because he was him, and he's still not far off, but he's trying to be better. He says White will do whatever it takes to get what he wants and he will use people to get it he's basically saying he, he's using bull coat gold to get where he wants to be and he would know because that's straight out of the mjf playbook with the the firm i guess which that's weird because that was like only a year ago mm -hmm. and um what was it the pinnacle that's what it was uh, but unlike white he tries to be a better man every day which is kind of amusing um MJF says that for the first time in, in his life he doesn't punch his reflection and he's earned his, the fans respect he says the two things he cares most about is the triple b and adam cole he says the aw title is his life and legacy because winning the aw title makes you the best in the world he says he would have broken white's legs and neck uh, and taken the belt back if his goons weren't there he says you know how he knows how good uh white is and he'll be world champion one day but that day is not today because full gear is not yet come um, and he tells him to do the right thing and be a man for once and give him back his title that he has not yet earned. 
White thanks him for coming and asking instead of jumping him in the devil mask. He says MJF asking for it, but like he said, he it has to be earned, and he has his shot at the title at full gear, and he will fail, but he must be patient. He says the Max can't be patient. He can come down and try to take it, but he has no friends, so he won't. He says if you can find three people that can even tolerate him and face Bullet Club Gold, then maybe he'll have the Bang Bang belt back, which I liked. Um, Juice uh, gets on the mic and says he heard about the Dynamite Dives in Battle Royale, so he's calling a shot for that. He's going to kick his ass and take his ring so they'll have everything he loves. Um, I like Juice Gunning for that. I assume that means he'll probably be the finalist to face MJF. Feels like and it. MJF will probably win it, which Again. is fine. Yeah. Um, but I like Juice at least getting that little spotlight there. Um, Juice says he has a premise for him, and he's got a world of quarters with Freeman on them. Is it still given to him after? And MJF kind of like flies off the handle off after that because of, of his past. And then uh, White leaves him with the guns up. Yeah, I thought it was another pretty awesome match. I wasn't as big a fan of the finish this time. I thought it was too similar to like Swerve Danielson, but a really, really good back and forth I match. I do agree it was similar, but I'm okay with it just because it's going to further that feud again. I think it makes sense for Swerve to, like, he's not going to let it slide. So yeah. I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, the crowd was really into it. The promos at the end were lengthy, but I think MJF's a little inconsistent only because, like, when Punk was claiming to be the real world champ and spray painted a belt and whatever, Punk didn't even acknowledge it. But now he is the champion. It's just his belt is gone, and it's like it's the end of the world all of a sudden. Yeah, Anyways. I feel like I, that might be less of a kayfabe problem and more of a a real life thing. I feel like that's a little out of yeah. I I agree with that, but I feel like that's more of up to you know how Punk is and just yeah. the way like. Just all the real life politics that are involved with Punk having his own belt. Just, I feel like that was maybe not within the yeah. their control. So that's probably like I feel like there's a fair reason for MJ yeah. ignoring it, like in real life, obviously. But kayfabe it does create the inconsistency for sure. I still find MJF as a baby face a bit strange because now he's like a just the whole like trying to make myself better every day and stuff. It's just weird. It um, is for sure. I did like he took some time to put Jay White over, which I always appreciate. And I found it strange because he like used the same line that Taker would use in NXT. Because when he was talking to Braun, he said something about like, like that day's not today. Yeah, blah, 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 not be, today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was interesting that that kind of worked out that way. But regarding Jay White, I really like his attitude and the whole group. It's like MJF stands there and pours his heart out. And Jay White just doesn't care and just is a relentless prick, right? And then Juice, same idea. He, but he's got a completely different tone from Jay White. They're both really good in their own right, but super different, and it works together. It's just funny the second so I he enjoy says them. one word. Yeah, I, and I see people freaking about like the whole anti-Semitism thing about like the the because the coins and you know the first whole of all, Juice people. has always used Juice it. has done that before a bunch of times. Second of all, MJF's obviously okay with it. Yeah, because like he knows what it's not doing. the first time that's come up for him, right? And he's talked about it before. And he's going to use that as motivation for his character, right? It's right. going to be part of it. So I don't I, think I don't there's know. really an issue there. And, and I also don't think anyone that's not in the know is really going to pick up on much. I know commentary sort of explained it, but uh, right. I don't know. Doesn't I don't think it's if a major it doesn't issue, bother but... MJF. Who the hell am I to say it bothers me? Right. Yeah, if it's if it's making it to TV, clearly MJF doesn't care, and that's the only thing that really matters. That's, yeah, because um, if it's CM Punk, you know he's flying off the handle about it, um, for real. Um, but I enjoyed this match, yeah, very much as I expected. Um, this match in Danielson versus Swerve were the two I was really looking forward to on paper. As a fan of actual pro wrestling, as I've said already, uh, this was much more interesting than NXT NXT's offerings. Absolutely. Um, anywho, I thought this was a really good TV match. Again, um. 
these two are just fantastic, and I I wouldn't expect anything less. Um, the the story of targeting Hangman Sneed I thought was really nice from White. I paid off when Hangman went for the buckshot, so I like that. That was kind of cool. And I I disappointed no Blade Runner, but still, I uh, knew these two would mesh great together. Uh, and it was as good as it sounded. Um, White has more methodical pace, but his offense is crisp and it's impactful, and he's great. Uh, Bang Bang Gang's antics are always entertaining. I just that group as a whole is just. It's honestly comedy gold. They're just so I fun think, to watch. Every I think AEW knows what they have with them. I now. think they do now. Yes, and it's just they're so entertaining to watch. They're so fun to watch, and I lo- I love them. Um, finish was satisfying too because clearly Hangman Square were not finished, so that's more than fine by me. Um, the post match was pretty good too. The promos were somewhat lengthy for a post match, but um, they they were good, so I'm not gonna complain too much. MJ came in with good intensity, and like I was coming at Switchblade for being a selfish scumbag from the point of view, and I like MJ's kind of like he's acting like he's this reformed criminal who's like he's changed his ways, and so now he's at this high position to come at Switchblade for being the same as him. Yeah. Um, and so I like it because undersurface. Let's be honest, MJF is the same. Um, and I like what you were saying, like MJF's like giving you this heartfelt spiel, and he's coming at him with like this heart and soul just. And you know, they don't this consider intent- it for a second. <laughs> and White does not give a crap at no. all. So I love it. He he really made me laugh because MJ was saying, like, White's got to earn the title and whatever. And then White's like, <laughs> it made me really laugh that he was saying, like, MJ's got to earn the title and he's got a shot, even though White's literally holding a stolen yeah. belt. Because, like, this, the stolen belt trope or whatever, it's typically annoying and never works. But, like, it's Jay working. White's making me like it, man. Yep. Like, I don't usually like. The stolen belt thing, but a he looks cool with it, and he makes it funny too. Like just when it's bullet club gold, I will let things slide because they make things entertaining and it's funny. I'm telling you, they're DX ish when DX was really good. Like they were just like the brash, mm. you know, like yeah. And they're just like obviously a different way from Swerve, but like Swerve, they they are just cool. Yep. Um, cool. it just in very different ways, obviously, because completely different tones, but nonetheless, both just very cool. Bang bang belt makes me laugh. I like that. And uh, the entrance is really funny too. Still the triple B. That's true. See, that's that. That's probably part of it. Um, then we get uh, a match involving Soraya. It's uh, Soraya defending the women's title against Hikaru Shida. Um, Excalibur mentioned Shida won the title shot on Rampage, I think, a couple weeks ago. Yet yeah, this has no build. That's funny. Yeah, weird. Not surprising. <laughs> So strange. In a way. Uh, step up into Gary from Sheeta early on. Didn't get all of that. Um, Soraya no. was laying on the apron. She hit a running knee. Then Ruby Soul came, comes in and commentary tried to play as like she's disguised as like a crew member or whatever, but she honestly looks more like a burglar or a ninja. Take yeah. your pick. Um, she tries to spray paint Sheeta, but um, Sheeta catches her and spray paints Soho in the face. Then Storm runs down and hits Soho with her shoes and chases her off. Brackets, watch out for the shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, running jumping knee from Sheeta. Uh, German Civix on Abram from Sheeta, which looked okay. It looked good the first time, and then they replayed it from another angle. It just looked kind of slow and looked like Soraya kind of landed on Sheeta's shoulder. So it was okay. Yeah. Um, Soraya, quote unquote, catches Sheeta with the thrust kick, you know, when Sheeta just kind of like quote unquote jumped off the top rope and just did nothing right and it looked horrible and then it did uh, so hit the rampage for two um she had falcon air for two then she counted the pin back for two and then she had rolled her back up uh for the win and so she gets another random title three-time win. champion yep yeah the match was pretty good there were a couple of moments that weren't super clean very happy with the title change and i hope that like this is the sign that aew management are like 
we're going to cut our losses with Soraya. She's not a draw. She's not interesting in the ring. She does the safe choice, but I'm just worried that that's like her All legacy. Yeah. You know, is I like, mean, she's we the should one appreciate when, her more, at least as the outcast killer. But when we had no better options, we put the title on Sheeta. She's really good. I really like her, but I want to know more about her and to develop her character a bit. She's a three time champion, and I don't know anything about her, right? Um, so spend some time doing that. Mm -hmm. But yes, the belt's off Soraya. Hopefully, she can go to the back burner. We can barely see her. That'd be fine. So yeah, That's the dream. in that sense, this was fine. Mm -hmm. uh, this is fine. It was about as good as I would have expected. I'm glad the Saray experimental title run of Doom is, or whatever it was is over. Um, great for, like, I'm happy for Sheeta for getting the title again, but it's two random outcast title runs and two equally random Sheeta title wins. Like, I'm happy she gets this, but, like, this win and when she beat Storm had little to no buildup. And just feel like they come out of nowhere and not like in the good way, right? It just mm -hmm. feels kind of like they just feel random and empty. So they really need to give Sheeta some depth and give her some evolution. Because I'd like for her to have a good run. She had a long run with her first title run and she was solid. But she still needs more development, I think. For um, sure. So hopefully that's that. But And hopefully it's not another transitional run. But Could we'll be. See. Who knows? Maybe she turns it into Soho and then wins it back to be a four-time champion. I think it's all just kind of like when Hater gets back, we can get back to whatever you were going to do in the first place. Yes, right? Like, plan A was Hater, and I agree with it. And there's always a plan B. Mm -hmm. Triple H quote. Um, next we get an MJF interview. Um, he says he doesn't feel like being interviewed and Renee leaves. Uh, he tries to call Cole. Cole actually answers this time. MJF asks where he's been. Cole says he's still at Rise and he needs his help. Um, MJF updates him on everything basically and Cole has to leave abruptly then Caster and the Acclaimed come in and he approaches them, him about how the, I mean, sorry, the Acclaimed helping MJF um, MJF walks away kind of disgusted and so Bill's kind of questioning why, why he's offering their service and why he's obsessed with MJF and Caster says they start wrestling together and he claims they're friends um, this was solid uh, for this Cole and MJF uh, a little bit um, and then Caster's involvement here is still a little confusing but at least they gave us some context mm -hmm. and yeah, I think, because you remember you said, like, MJF so only have one friend. I think that is the case, but I feel like Caster has this perceived, like, level of friendship just because they have that history with each other. So, I don't mind that, though, and I think MJF and the claim could be really funny. So, I'm, and, I'm willing to see where that goes. And if you're doing the whole, like, Caster's almost a stalker, like, they are sometimes delusional and think they're friends with the person they're stalking exactly, or whatever, yeah. right? Which, so, which is weird because they're baby faces, but the acclaimed are weird, so... And it kind of makes Cole look stupid, but I'm still kind of okay with it. It's entertaining. And it seems like this is the first time the acclaimed aren't on the same page, right? Because daddy ass was not happy. Yeah. I don't think it's like a full on dissension thing. No, that just but it's the first little going. ripple. Well, yeah, something. it's like at least like I, maybe it's just it's nothing, but it, I don't mind that there. Yeah. Uh, next, we get Christian Cage speaking words in the ring this time. Um, he said he left people's jaws on the floor with the three words they said to uh edge last week you say you found it interesting that when edge said um that christian's friends uh luke shores and funny on tgr i did find tgr for this week so Finally. thankfully um john is present uh he wrote luke shores in jungle boys so i think he meant nick Whoops. wayne fella um he went that they'll they're gonna turn on him uh christian said he's not their leader he's their father and he made some judgment day reference mm -hmm. um, which i thought was a nice dig at edge uh, he said that Edge wanted them to finish their careers together, but it's funny that the same sentiment wasn't there years ago when he was, uh, even though he's more talented and, and Adam was pushed to the moon. I like that. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, Christian wondered where his tag team aspirations were back then. He said that his career keeps climbing on a new height since he's the most talked about star in this business. He said that Edge needed him while Christian doesn't need him. Uh, Christian said he has a lot of fans around the world and said he knows Adam's wife, Beth, is a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian said Luke Stars will end him right now. He said that uh, he would know that his daughter is Ruby and Lyric. I don't know. Lyric, yeah. Pretty sure. That's not a good name. I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm, Whatever. I'm sorry. Name what you want to name um, the kids. That they'll be safe uh, while telling Beth to put some clean cheese on the bed because your new father's coming Love home. Love that line. <laughs> then Edge ran down, but Nick Wayne grabbed his leg and Luchasaurus jumped him. Yeah, I, I thought, again, like just an awesome promo from him. Although it's like, did, is Edge an idiot? Like, did he not talk to his best friend and quote unquote brother and just like to say like, hey, maybe I'll come work where you work and we can re like he just showed up and Christian had no idea. They didn't didn't talk to his best friend about it. You just took yeah. your career advice from your kids and away you went. You bought it. I guess. like. But anyways, um, but I do like the whole like, as your career is waning, suddenly you want to run it back and be a tag team. But man, when they were making you the face of the company and throwing all opportunities at you, you weren't too super interested in it then, right? And the problem is I agree with him, and he's supposed to be the I heel. Thought, yeah, I, I like that it was kind of like, there's definitely some heel logic in there, I feel like, because it's just like, it. There's like but the he's not wrong. It, but yeah, no, because he's not completely wrong. Because um, he's definitely above edge now for sure and put some clean sheets on the bed because your new dad father's coming home is a good line <laughs> that's, that's killer. good stuff so i thought yeah. he was super if there's no again. dead parent references it's good to know he'll go after the wives has to um he never misses he's always find something to amuse me i you gotta love it um i like what we had to say though i liked his point of view um and it, it makes sense that edge uh or that he thinks that edge wouldn't want to deal with him then and yeah, I think um, Christian has definitely evolved beyond him. His words about the really funny. I think the finishing line was really funny. And I like it better because I hated her on NXT commentary very much. And we cut right into uh, Edge versus Luchasaurus, which is our main event, uh, as Luchasaurus kind of attacked uh, Edge at the end of that segment. They just kind of bled into each other, which I kind of figured would happen. Um, early on, uh, Luchasaurus had a nice tombstone to Edge for two, which is... Which look good, but it also works because um, Edge has the uh, neck injury history, much like Brian Danielson and Soraya. Um, combo of palm strikes in the corner from Luchasaurus. It was nice, really fast. Like It was like a one-two in the midsection and the uppercut palm strike. Um, forearms from Edge, but Luchasaurus shuts him down with a sidekick. Um, Edge uh, runs out the apron, hit a tornado DDT, which is solid. Um, Edge connected the superplex later on. Nick Wayne put a chair in the corner when the ref is attracted, and Luchasaurus dodges a spear, and Edge goes into the chair in the corner. Chokesman from Luchasaurus for two after that. Um, Edge runs off the apron, then off the stairs, which were sideways at ringside, and he hits like a diving spear, which was okay. It was okay. Um, it was creative at Not least. as impactful as it could have been, but it was okay. No, it, their creativity was there. Uh, Nick Wayne distracts the ref, and Christian tries to hit Edge with the TNT title, but Edge takes it from him and hits Luchasaurus in the back of the head with it. Then once Luchasaurus recovers, he turns around and thinks Christian did it, so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Then Edge nails the spear for the win after all the commotion. Then Danson runs down to save Edge from a beatdown from the heels, but he gets beat down too, and then the rest of Blackpool, minus Mox, obviously, come to even the odds after a brawl breaks out. Um, Mogul and Emsley come down to attack Blackpool because they're Gates of Agony are facing Blackpool on Rampage, uh-huh. um, which is just random. Um, then Gates of Agony and Blackpool are brawling. Christian's brawling with Danson. Hangman runs down to take out Swerve or fight with him. Uh, Spear Nick Wayne is Danson taps out Christian and the bell lock to close the show. 
Yeah, I thought the match was fine, but it pales in comparison to a couple others on the same show, right? So I Luchasaurus did look dominant with his deliberate like powerhouse offense. Um but I found myself like just waiting for the inevitable edge come back and win, right? Because you know what's happening. So it's just kind of like Okay. Yeah, it was one of those things where you're just kind of waiting for it, right? And then how many distraction finishes on this show, right? Uh, I thought they had, like, new protocols in place to make sure the same thing didn't happen multiple times, but it did here. But, no, like, a fine match, but, again, nothing... I, I'm not super excited for Edge to be there, so I'm not... This is not for me. I no. much preferred other matches on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought it was a perfectly fine team match. I thought, I don't think it was amazing or anything, but I wouldn't say it was bad or whatever. It was what I expected. Edge has been in WWE for decades, basically his whole career. So I assume he's only wrestled that style. And even if he, he has wrestled other styles, he's fully used to that. So I wasn't expecting him to completely reinvent himself. Most, the most WWE, uh, match in AEW that I've seen, I think, but it was fine. Um, still beats Fastlane in my opinion. Um, Edge was solid in his first outing, and Luchasaurus plays well perfectly. He got some solid stuff in, but at the end of the day, he was just the win for Edge. Um, nice they teased some dissent between him and Christian, though. I'm glad they got that in, like that, and that's yeah. finally starting. It seems, even if it's just a breadcrumb, that's at least like the first kind mm-hmm. of acknowledgement of that. Um, instead of speculation, uh, the crazy melee and the show was nice. It felt like uh, dynamite of old a little. It definitely did, um, and not in a bad way. Just I, I, I miss like having the odd chaotic the ending odd, like that. Sure. So I'm okay with that. Like yeah, because we had this. And I think there was one before. Um, was it Forbidden Door when Osprey showed up? Like that was a bit of a chaotic one. I think it's totally fine to have one of these every now and then, especially with leading up to a pay per view. I think it's totally fine. Obviously, no pay per view here, but still works. Uh, Christian's visual tableau was nice as well, and uh, yeah, saw true. a way to end the show. Totally fine. Yeah, overall, I really liked this show. We got two matches I really liked: Swerves and Pages matches, and two title changes. A bunch of segments I thought were entertaining. Samoa Joe was awesome. Um, Bullet Club Gold's really entertaining. The Cole stuff's been pretty good. So I kind of really like this show. It blew NXT out of the water. Felt kind of important. I actually went A minus. I thought I, really? I like wow. the strength of a lot of the segments this week, right? I liked a lot of the the non in ring stuff. So mm-hmm. even like Christian's promo at the beginning, awesome. You know, um, Samoa Joe, awesome. A lot of, st- and I, even though Jericho Hobbs wasn't a good match, I like the direction they're going and the choice they made there. I, mm-hmm. yeah, I really like this show. I hate because I saw this thing like that AW, when you go, it feels like a collection of indie matches on a show. Yeah. And I feel like that's a fair sentiment sometimes, but even then, there's usually like the segments set it apart, right? And I feel like it's to say that just as a general statement is discrediting it a lot because I feel like you the can show say is... the matches are more indie style, sure, but like because they and do, and sometimes stuff. they're random, but yeah, but like. I don't know. I think that was definitely not the case here. I agree. I thought this was a great, really good show. Um, it. I think they definitely made the most of the title Tuesday thing, or like and making it different because obviously they had to do something to kind of keep viewership. Um, for switching nights, which they they did to the best of their ability. I think, um, the opener was a really great match. I thought. Um, I really enjoyed that. I love uh switch Hangman as well. I thought those were a pair of really fun matches. Um really strong i thought i thought cassie phoenix was good for what it was too mm-hmm. and super great result i'm really happy for cassie to get that back i'm hoping i'm looking forward to um an open challenge next week perhaps. you are i'm hoping we get back i just want to get right back on the horse as soon as possible um hobbs jericho was interesting but um still i think something worth my time 
Um, can't say the same for Wardlow or Soraya, but they both existed as well. And Edge versus Lucha is perfectly fine. Like it's exactly what you expect, and it was totally harmless. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought, like segment wise, I enjoyed Joe and Christian as well. Um, the both Christian segments I thought were good. Um, I thought Bullet Club Gold were super great. Like I just I love them so much. They're just super entertaining they're a great act to have and um i'm really glad that jay white's getting a top program because it means more for him more for bull club gold i just want more for them because they're just super fun to watch i love that seeing them every week um it's great to see them uh roddy and cole i thought were really funny too like that was a nice little addition and storm was solid um i thought generally this was pretty good the positives definitely outweighed the negatives yep. here so i would also get the a minus so i thought this was really strong um title tuesday it definitely paid off in my opinion and um by far the better show, despite what the ratings say. Yep, I agree a bit easily. We'll get to NXT shortly. But now, before we do that, we're going to take a little break here and get into a little bit of trivia. As we approach 1 o'clock, we got to get this thing moving, man. Um, it's what we call Off the Top of His Head. All right, so this week is... WWE superstars, I think it's mostly their first ring names. A couple of them might be just names they were known by previously, but I think a lot of them are like their first ring names in, I think, WWE. So we'll see how it goes. First one's really easy. Um, Kevin Owens. Previously known as? He's always Kevin Owens in WWE. uh, So then who was he before that? Kevin Steen. Okay. So so it's... Pre, it's not WWE. Or most of them, pre- most of them are his, their first match in WWE. Like the next one, the Miz had his first match in WWE under this name, Mike Mizanin. Correct. Okay. Okay. So this is kind of how things are going. Um, Drew McIntyre in 2007. Drew fought some matches in OVW oh, under he this. He wasn't name. Galloway, was he? He was. Okay. It was Drew Galloway. I swear he went under something else, but you got that one. Galloway was the safe bet. Yeah. Um. Gunther kept Walter. this name for a long time. Part that's part of it, but there I was really Walter. So there was Walter stuff in front of it. I don't know. Big Van Walter. Uh, right. Big Van Vader. So potato, potato. Uh, maybe that's uh, what we were going for there. Uh, okay. I did not know this one. You might just because you tend to know things. Liv Morgan. First ring name was. What's their real name? I don't know. Like Gianna something? Yes. Like, is it Daddy-O? Or... It is. That's her real name. Okay. So. You got that one. I don't know why you would know that, but anyways, why you know Liv Morgan's real name, but you do. Nia Jax. I don't even care to guess, honestly. She went from Zeta to Lena to Nia Jax, apparently. I think Lena's her real name. Could be. What about Cesaro? First match? Biocastic Noli. So this one's saying in WXW Extreme, where his name was. Was he Claudio? No, but Claudio Castagnoli Double C, because I don't know how to get you to that. He's going by Double C. His name's Double C? That's what it was, yeah. Like that, the words Double C? Yes, Double C instead of Claudio Castagnoli, Double C. Ew. Like Double A Arn Anderson. But like. Oh, wait, that's a nickname? Or yeah, like his that double... was his ring name. Like Double C Claudio Castagnoli or just Double, double C? Double C. Just straight up Double C. Double C. Just, just that's that. That's what it says that's, here. I don't okay, know how much clarification you need. 
Uh, Finn Balor. Devitt. Partially. Prince Devitt. No. Virgil Devitt. Correct. I think this is his name. It is, but that these are also names they use to wrestle with. No, that's I'm just they're... saying. I think that's yeah. his name. Paul Heyman. Dangerously would it be? What was the full Paul, name? Paulie Dangerously. Correct. Xavier Woods. Consequences Creed. Mm, they went with that? Creed, but a different one. Austin Creed. Correct. I know that's his real name. I don't know if he ever used it because I know he was Consequences Maybe they're mixing Creed. Everything, I don't. Yeah. I don't know if he ever used it. I'm not gonna say it's wrong, but I'm, I don't know if he ever used it. Mick Foley fought his first match in '96 with this name. Jack Foley. Correct. I don't know why I knew that. Chris Jericho started his wrestling career in 93. His first ring name was... I forgot this. I feel I... like it's some, like, he had some lucha thing. He did. Because like, I know Benoit did that, and I don't know what he was. But... Corazon de Leon. Oh, I knew that. I forgot about that. Uh, Kevin that. Nash, 1990, NWA. Oz. No. Damn it. NWA, not WCW. Well, same difference. No, Diamond said was Hall. I oh I don't know. Master Blaster Steel. No, I would no. I've I definitely heard that before, but I never would have gotten that. Uh Booker T had a previous name when he came into the industry. Did not know this one. I didn't I don't think I if you don't know it, I'd Cole. I don't think I know it either. Mickey Cole? James, I remember this being her independent name. Oh, I know it. I know you this do. This isn't like Alex It is, is Alexis. I don't know why I even know that. You got that. I don't I don't know. Larie. Yeah, okay, I've definitely heard yeah, that. Yeah, I know you've heard I that. I don't know why I know that. But. What name did Jeff Hardy use when he had his underage match against uh, Razor Ramon? I feel like he was Jeff Hardy, no? No, they're not. They're saying no. What was he then? It says he fought his first match against Razor Ramon on Raw where he was named Keith Davis. I don't think so, but that might be right. You have to fact check this. This is an um, AI, so. Jeff Hardy. Just even put Keith Davis, Jeff Hardy, and see what comes up. All right. Oh. No, that's right. Nice, nice. Okay. Right. Uh, Santino Morella's uh, first ring name before it changed to Boris, Boris Alexiev. Was his real name like Anthony nope. Corelli? Or it was something? another Russian sounding name. Really? That's weird. Boris Kozlov. I don't think you'll get that. The son of Boris Zukov and recent returning Vladimir Kozlov? Ezekiel. Uh, sorry. Oh, I just. What? Elias. What was Elias's first name? I've never heard Elias of this. Samson. Logan Shulo. This is hard. Uh, Robert Roode stepped into wrestling in 2001, fought his first match under a different name. Bobby Roode. No, Rudy Roode. Roberto Roode. That's a regular sized Rudy. <laughs> regular sized Rudy Roode. Sasha Banks. Was it? It is. Well, was it what? Mercedes it Renato? Was just Mercedes. Oh. I remember this because I had heard of him before he got there. What was Seamus known? Seamus O'Shaughnessy? Correct. Yeah. AJ Lee? Was she AJ Mendez? Nope. I, oh, First match in 2008 I in NWS like where she used the name Miss April. I've heard that before. Veer Mahan? Was he Rinku Singh? Or was he he, wow, he was Rinku Singh. Nice. I don't even think I've ever heard that. I, that. That was his name when they were back when they were in the shirt the first time around because they had different names. All right, a few more. They Sam weren't Sangha and Veer. Easy one. Sami Zayn? Uh, Generica? Correct. Bailey? No clue. First match in 2011 where she was named Davina Rose. Mm, is that why her finish was the Rose Plant? Could be. Or maybe, yeah. Uh, uh, 
Asuka's previous name? Was it Kana or Correct. something? Correct. Yeah. Very good. Edge's original name? I remember this. Oh, it's, funny. it's sex. Correct. Something. Yes. This, I've just we'll finish seen with it this too. one. Um, Sexton yes. Hardcastle? Yes, Sexton Hardcastle. I just, well done. I've been recently seeing that too. That's a weird thing. Some of those were hard, but you got a bunch of them. Mm. All right, so let's get back into wrestling. Stuff we liked, stuff we didn't on whatever we watched. It's High Spots and Rest Holds. All right, start us off with anything from Raw that caught um, your eye. Bit of a high spot. I thought it was interesting that Bronson Reed's next in line for Gunther. I thought that I think it's cool that he gets something to do, and it's an interesting combination. He ain't winning. So to speak. Um, I don't know if he's getting power bombed either. Yeah, I don't know. Could well he wins it. He has a million different ways to win. So He'll probably chop him or something. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't heard much about Bronson Reed lately, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wrestle was JD McDonough getting fed to Drew McIntyre. Yeah, that's um, I'm still happy he gets on TV every week with the Judgment Day business, but I feel like it almost does a disservice when he gets used like this on TV, just kind of as the whipping boy. Um, I like that. I like his role, kind of creating issues in the Judgment Day, whether it's intentional or not. I like that he's just kind of like this point of. Like contention between Valor and Priest. So I, I think they like think people like watching him get beat up. Yeah, I, I think know. that's the problem. Yeah, they're they're moving away from you're a technical star and savage to like you get beat up and people yeah. like it. And I really like. I think I don't. I like him trying to work his way into the Judgment Day. Um, I like. I want. Think he should get some more wins and get him closer to joining them because I. Like this just doesn't no disservice. Right, it does a disservice to him. He's um, great. High spot that back body drop though. Literal high yeah, spot. That was if big. I've ever seen one. Yeah, you Quite showed me that spot. clip. Yeah, uh, is that that's it, it from Raw. And then I got a couple from SmackDown. All right, NXT rest hold. Cody Rhodes is the first thing we see on this episode, and I'm frustrated, but I don't mind the announcements he made. One was the men's breakout tournament, which I which is good because I was I was just saying that we need that again. And then the return of the Dusty Tag Team Classic. Right, no surprise there. Oh, and by the way, he's the special guest GM of NXT all of a sudden out of nowhere. And this episode already feels too main roster for me as Cody and a cheesy gimmick for like GM of the day. Right. That's not something I need to bring see. back that from raw dragon up comes out. The crowd chants happy birthday to him. I assume I assume they knew and were right. And this episode already feels too main roster. That or, almost makes me think it's his birthday. Or sorry, I already said that um, he says some intense stuff. And then Dom and Rhea Ripley come out next, and the crowd hates Dom. Uh, and Dragunov go, he and Dragunov go back and forth for a bit. Rhea whispers into Dom, and Dom asks Dragunov for a title match. Cody points out that Dom is not putting his title on the line. Dragunov doesn't really care. He just wants to hurt Dom. So Cody makes the match and names LA Knight their guest referee, just because. Oh, yeah, I forgot he was on the show. So, yeah, main roster it up. Yep. Almost 15 minutes of main roster style stuff to start. Not a fan, although... Apparently, people like this show, so I'm one of the ones that didn't, as you're going to find out real quick. Rhodes will make several more appearances on this show, but I won't punish you by complaining every time. Just know that he appears more times. <laughs> and it, we'll assume that you complained. Uh, rest hold for me, because it under-delivered Roxanne Perez and Asuka. Pretty significantly under-delivered. Uh, started out with Shotzi coming down to the ring in the tank to join commentary. Which and is I, always a high spot for me. I said, I wish Jack were here. She doesn't even have her hair anymore, so it just looks weird. She late, slightly after that announces she and Scarlett are hosting Halloween Havoc Night 1. Uh, this match is really... Do you know sl- if it's a TV special or a PLE, so is it like two I weeks? feel like, is it both? I don't know. 
That'd be that. I mean, that would be an interesting idea to do like a half. That's what half. I was wondering. That would be. Interesting. But I don't know. I don't. I doubt it because I feel like they would go one or you the probably other. Probably should know, but I feel I like don't. as a TV specialist because they they just did a PLE, so I feel like they would just do a two week TV special like they did for Green American Bash. I think it was twenty twenty, but I think a half PLE would be kind of interesting. Could be, uh, pretty yeah, just like really slow start. Like they're pacing themselves for a longer match, but then it was only eight minutes, so that wasn't what they were doing. So Perez got in a bunch of stuff, but eventually lost to a series of pretty good-looking kicks and strikes from Asuka. Um, the last flurry of this was really cool with Asuka. The rest of it, I thought, was pretty basic. Kiana James comes down after to attack Roxanne, but Shotzi kicks her and gives her some DDT-ish thing. I don't know if Kiana it's a James finisher. keeps getting chumped. Yeah. Uh, high spot. I like the pub rules match. I told you it was Gallus and the brawling brutes of Holland, Butch, and Tyler Bate added to that group. Um, early on, they were some of the silly, not silliness, but like pub themed stuff. So you got a pool cue to Wolfgang's eye. Like he was actually shooting mm -hmm. a pool. I forget who it was. I think it was uh, bait. Uh, we get a dart in Joe coffee's hand. We then get a fire extinguisher, a bowling ball to a trash can with Mark coffee in it. And then things kind of get more wrestling in which I liked, uh, butch is basically double choke slam through a table. We get nice ta tandem offense from the brawling brutes. Wolfgang does a flip over the top. It does not go well. He should probably not do that. We get a triple submission applied by the baby faces. We get a mug smashed in the face of Joe. And then the triple power bomb, a very shield bomb, <laughs> through a table. And the brutes and bait win after 11 minutes. Just a fun combination of pub-style weapons and actual wrestling in this. Um, they got the kind of silly stuff out of the way right away. And then had a good tornado match. That got a good amount of time, and I thought Bate and Butch are really good together. So I don't know if that's going forward. Bate's going to be with that group, or that's how he gets the main roster. I don't know. We'll see. Perhaps. Uh, I thought there was a cool hype video for Valkyria and Lynch's match, and they even had an Irish dude doing the voiceover. Really cool stuff. A lot of similarities between the two of them. Um, felt like, I don't know, grand is the word I used, and it made the match feel more important. Uh, and then... I don't even remember the details. Lyra stood up to Tegan Knox. Oh, because Tegan Knox was like, I almost beat her, so I should be first to get another shot, not you. And Lyra was like, no, that's dumb. You lost. I'm next kind of deal, I think, right? Uh, another significant wrestle, John Cena is on my NXT. I don't watch main roster for a reason. Please don't bring it to the only WWE product I enjoy, but you did, and you did it big time. I don't see it as a, as big of an issue, though, because it's not like they haven't already tainted what was once great. John Cena in 2023 is a cartoon character now, right? The pandering. Pretty much, yeah. The, like, the earnestness, if that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's almost well, as annoying as Cody, but for different reasons. He has no need to be, like a full-fledged character more because he's not around enough to like he's like a cartoon be honestly a full like you know he doesn't have to be as fleshed out anymore no and this is him being company guy john cena pretending to care about nxt while there's an actor strike and he can't act right a writer strike he can't act so he'll come down and like put over nxt because i'm a company guy oh that's why and he's I just having can't stand the, a it. mini run oh. uh braun breaker that out. yeah braun breaker comes out to get the cena rub cena says change your attitude young man like condescending like who are you i know you're john i cena, hate but the, whatever. the promo the way he does promos now is like awful it's, well it's been the past few years but yeah. just like the especially when he tries to be like all like witty or whatever it's just it's like awful. it always 
uh, rubs me the wrong way, I feel like. He tries to shake Braun's hand. Braun punches him, misses a spear, but barely escapes the attitude adjustment. I thought this was a big waste of my time. I actually liked the interview with um, Baron Corbin. He was getting interviewed. LA Knight's music interrupted him. Ilya, he basically is like, Ilya Dragunov is ducking me. I beat Braun Breaker. And other than Melo surviving, Corbin's the only man to put Ilya down. And everybody around NXT is the same, he says. I think he just sounds really comfortable. And some of the logic here makes sense. Um, high spot, Mysterio and Dragunov for the NXT Championship. You had LA Knight. I already told you about his outfit. He looked pretty funny. Yeah. Dom gets to work on his selling early on as Dragonov is just beating the crap out of him. Uh, Ripley distra uh, distracts Knight and Dom goes right to Dragonov's eyes. The crowd is really annoying. They are chanting yeah constantly and it's not in a good way. It's just kind of detracts from this for me. It's his thing. And Dom calls for mommy. He's just getting dominated by Dragonov. He's in the ring going mommy. Like it was, it was pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, and I told you I thought Dom was backing away from some of Dragunov's chops, like starting his movement yeah. back to this sort of temper the blow a little bit. Um, Dragunov picks up the intensity after being chopped by Dom. Uh, Powerbomb, H-bomb, Knight and Dragunov fight off JD McDonough and ba Balor who get involved. Trick catches Rhea Ripley outside the ring, I think it was. Torpedo Moscow, Dragunov retains in 12 minutes. Corbin is on his way to into the ring to attack Dragonov, but Dijak gets there first and boots Dragonov. Uh, so not a classic Dragonov match, but pretty good considering he's working with Dom and a strong second half. Results never in doubt, but Dom and JD's shenanigans made for a more competitive match because we know Dom's thing is he can't really compete without a million people cheating mm -hmm. for him. Rest hold. Cena's back. He's with Trick and Mello, and they are just so deferential to cena that it's annoying you took really two like two really cool charismatic guys and they're just bootlicking john cena and it makes me think less of them frankly right <laughs> like this is not what they should be doing he should be like I, I don't know he should be not standing up to cena but like not wavering in his confidence and stuff just because cena's there right mellow leaves trick asks cena how he knew it was his time and they go off to talk i did like that part right because it's again Mello leaves and Trick's like, yo, man, like, how did you know it was your time? Kind of like, you know, furthering the, mm -hmm. the Trick uh, Mello stuff. Uh, Jade Cargill meets HBK in the parking lot. Don't care. Just notable. Rest hold Danny Palmer, Lola Vice as part of the, what is it? Breakout tournament for women. Yeah, the women's one. Wasn't terrible. Not very good. They're both inexperienced, but have potential. Four minutes. Vice won with like the black mass, basically, I guess. Palmer, I will say, did a crazy twisting flip out of the corner and landed on her feet. That was pretty nuts. But she also did like a running double, no, a standing double knees, and it looked really weak. Anyways, uh, JC Jane infiltrates Chase U, causes a bit of chaos. Chase and Hudson are going to be in the bada bing, bada boom tag team battle royal thing. And Chase whipped a phone, someone's cell phone, and it actually stuck into the drywall. That was funny. Uh, Heyman masterly, masterfully motivates Braun Breaker ahead of the main event, just sort of like hyping him up and stuff, right? Doing classic uh, Paul E. stuff that only he does. We then get, did you see this, the Pillman Jr. segment? I've seen bits of it. It was good. Everyone, basically, everyone thought his dad was so great, but he didn't kind of thing, right? His dad died when he was four. Um, he's done a bunch of other things, but wrestling's in his blood, so eventually he came to NXT 
and his name will be King. He's taking the name of the man that actually raised him, which I think is true because a uh, bit of research. His sister, Alexis Pillman, passed away in a car accident. Yeah, in I don't love the name on its own, but I like that. So that's it, where Alexis I like there's at least meaning behind his whole yeah. name because then it makes me like, at least it makes sense, right? And I, I like that there's purpose behind it. And then his mother is Melanie Pillman King. She passed away in 2022. So obviously the king part, I think, is maybe for stepdad or whatever. So taking that name. I thought this was a cool vignette. It helps to address his WWE name and gives a reason for it, right? Because we most of us know who he is and what his real name is. His look was a little bit different, too. A little more, like, manicured kind of looking. It's hard to I explain. I thought his facial hair looked really weird. Yeah. It was, like, black, but it was, like, like perfectly. Line. That's what I mean. Like, it, Yeah, it looked really weird. It, yeah. People were mocking it, which I, I can't blame them. I'm interested to see what they do with them. Main event, Braun Mello. Again, this is the third match. That's two out of three. I feel like they didn't really mesh. Um, and that this was one of them. Um, reminded me of that one I really didn't like. Things just felt off that a bit. That was the stand and deliver one. This felt like a long show, so maybe my focus wavered a bit. But some sort of sloppy move that Vic called innovative offense that I didn't love off the top caught my attention. It was by Braun. Looked a bit clumsy. Uh, I think these guys are better than this and maybe just have poor chemistry. I don't know what it is. I don't think this was very good considering the talent and the stage it was on. Um, Cena kicks Braun. Solo comes out and he and Cena fight. We get a mellow code breaker on the floor and then the nothing but net and he wins 13 minutes. Uh, then uh, Taker shows up on a motorcycle to very slowly confront Braun Breaker Braun takes a punch and a choke slam and immediately looks significantly less of a badass, I think, right? Uh, what the heck does this accomplish? Not meaner than big evil. What's the payoff to this? To Braun Breaker, the biggest badass in NXT, blah, 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 getting choke slammed by a very old man. I don't know what the payoff is. Taker's not wrestling him, right? So I don't know. No, I don't think there is a payoff. I think it's just ratings, pal. So basically... What I learned from this, if you're in a roster, sorry, in a match against main roster talent, you will lose. But good for you for being competitive, NXT. If you're in a segment with main roster talent, you will treat them with reverence and you will be in awe of them. And in other words, you will still lose. At all times, we must keenly be aware that main roster is a tier above NXT and that NXT and their fans should be thankful that so many main roster stars graced us with their presence this week. For me, virtually every one of them made this show less enjoyable than if they weren't there. If I wanted to see these people more often, I would already watch the shows. And I know I'm the minority. I get that. I'm just venting because I this was awful. Your I take. couldn't stand this. Um, Impact will be really quick because they're really long matches that ate up most of the show. Opening tag match, really good. Rascals, long match defended successfully against Callahan and Swan. Uh, Rascals tried to cheat with the spray paint, backfired. Swan and Sammy hit the spike cactus driver for a really believable near fall. But then Wentz followed up with a low blow that the ref didn't see. Rascals hit the hot fire flame. Remember what that is? No, but that's kind of redundant. The shoving moonsault one. That's a finisher? Yeah, it is the finisher. Sorry. Rascals are really good, man. And their quick tandem offense looks good. And I like Callahan and Swan together. So I guess the Rascals now defend against ABC at, I think, Bound for Glory. Really good match. I texted you. I was so excited. Kylan King's getting a singles push, and I think she deserves it. I've liked a ton of her matches lately. So she revealed that she's the one that attacked um, Taylor Wilde because she knew the detail of attacked with a crowbar. And Santino's like, I didn't say anything about a crowbar. 
And she was like, yeah. I it... don't remember till I didn't even attack. And she said, as soon as we lost the tag title, she was dead weight to me, which I really liked. So I hope she does well. A uh, big rest hold for me. You texted me this and I hadn't, I still shocked. Ka Vladimir freaking Kozlov debuts in Impact. And what's his real name? Uh, Oleg Prudius or something. That's correct. Um, so it was a, the five way to determine the number one and 20 in the call your shot thing. A lot of people being out of the ring for extended periods. A lot of um, Champagne Singh and Dango working together to beat up Jordan Grace. Eric Young was gone so long, I forgot he was in the match. I'm like, who's the fifth person in this? He was gone for so long. Um, Singh eventually turns on Dango. Oleg Prudius shows up and takes out Singh and Young before headbutting Jake something to allow Dango to pick up the win. So that means Dango enters at 20, Jake enters at 1. Prudy I figured someone like him would like probably lose, which is weird, but just because like, you want someone strong starting the match. Right, right so. exactly. So Prudius, Dango, and Johnny Bravo celebrate after the match. The match itself was weird with Singh and Dango dominating Grace for so long. Then the debut of a guy that nobody knew who it was to the point the commentary had no choice but to at very first reference to call him Vladimir. You remember Vladimir Kozlov. Because you you say, well, yeah, hey, it's Prudius, Oleg Prudius. Because he doesn't who look... Who cares about... He barely looks like Kozlov. He looks like an aging Dijak. <laughs> he looks like Dijak he plus does. like 15 years he to does. me. Um, I see no value in adding him. I'm shocked at this addition. Because I don't know what he's been doing or where he's been, but I've heard nothing about him. Wanted to pull it up for you, but I didn't have time. Really good Crazy Steve vignette. Uh, both basically he's both amazed and disgusted by dreamer then turns his attention to black Taurus. they're done and he's gonna teach black Taurus about pain and misery i think it's like a match for him to get a quality win and again this is bray wyatish in tone but clearer language and makes it better i the vibe is still really cool and i know what he's referring to and talking about so i like it and they're now really like he's in full light and they're showing his eyes and his mm -hmm. eyes do the like they're quivering yeah. back and forth and moving. So I really like that they're incorporating that and, and not sort of hiding it anymore. Then the only other thing, dude, because you're falling asleep literally right now, -uh. is the main event. Uh, did you hear about this? Kazarian, no. Eddie Edwards, and this is the match. A killer impact match. Oh, yeah. I saw like that that was the thing. I don't understand what that is. So two out of three falls. First fall, pinfall. Second fall, submission. Third fall, last man standing. That's weird. So this match was crazy. I just wish... Because it's obviously this blood feud and this is the end of it and it's gotten personal and involving their wives. But I still, I'm just not feeling it, right? So that would have made this even better. But it was a spectacle, that being said. Kaz's chest is like bleeding, not like welts with a little bit of blood, like dripping blood from chops from uh, Eddie here. We get uh, just a few things. Kaz gets hip, hip tossed onto the steps, look painful. Eddie takes an unprettier on the steps, look painful. Uh, Kaz ends up, I don't know what Alicia was doing, I forget, but he catches her and like runs halfway around the ring on the floor and then like runs her through a table that was set up against the post. It did kind of protect her, I think, in the, and then, so Eddie won the first fall with a knee party. Kaz won the second fall with the chicken wing, as you would expect, right? That's each of their finishers get incorporated mm -hmm. here. And to finish, Kaz hit the fade to black from the apron through a table on the floor. It looked black pretty, mask. looked pretty crazy. No, the fade to black's like that pile driver thing he does 
It's like that looks like the dead eye, but he it's more of a oh, okay, yeah. or a beach break kind of deal. Oh yeah, yeah. But more okay. of a pile driver. So Eddie couldn't answer the ten count, and this so this match was crazy and really long. These guys killed each other. I enjoyed it, but again, I wish I was more invested in the story because these guys worked super hard in this. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so I, I enjoyed Impact more than NXT this week easily. Mm. Uh, okay. So, any SmackDown? Uh, Rest told was, I told you about it. Adam Pierce and Nick Aldis are the new Raw and SmackDown GMs, respectively. Uh, solid spot for Aldis if he isn't wrestling, but do we really need full-on GMs again? And is Ald- if Aldis is doing heel, fine. If he's doing babyface, it won't work for me. Not I, that I'll watch it. But... I don't like that either way, because I thought Adam Pierce was perfectly fine and is not officially titled as the nebulous role. authority. Yeah, that he was because he was occasionally around when he, it was necessary and when he was neutral. Like he was just there when he was neutral. Yeah. So I feel like whenever we go into GMs, they're destined to be over involved and destined to become very heel or very face. There's never nope. The only truly neutral GM that was good, I think, is William Regal. And I think I would die on the hill that he's the best GM they ever had. Could be. Um, I'd have to think, but he's in the running for sure. He's definitely in the running. Uh, also, Kevin Owens gets swapped to SmackDown. Lame, because he spent the majority of recent years on SmackDown, which was pointed out to me. Mm-hmm. And then also kind of kills the team with Sammy, which is disappointing, because they didn't even yeah. last like half a year. Nope. So that's... They, they left money on the table there, as far as I'm yep. concerned. Agreed. Um, surprising high spot is uh, Roman and the Bloodline came up for a stare down with Cody and Jay after they retained against War on Theory. And it was random since Jay hasn't been involved with them in a couple months. And Roman had a segment earlier with Cena and LA Knight, which is nothing worth mm-hmm. other than, I guess, like it's cool LA Knight's finally getting on that level at least. Yep. Because he's definitely not being Roman, but no. I, I'm just glad like he's at least in that orbit. Just to even be in that orbit is an elevation for him. Um, but for some reason, I just quite enjoyed the sight of Cody Roman nose to nose again. Like, I'm not the biggest Cody fan like you, but I'd still like to see him finish the story. And at the end of the day, I think this was cool. And I think at the end of the day, I think he should still probably be the one to beat Roman. Probably. I don't see um, anyone else. I think Jay jumping ship after SummerSlam kind of put a pin in an interesting feud with Jimmy. And I think that's part of what kind of killed the Bloodline Saga because Jay was probably the best character in the whole thing just overall because mm-hmm. he was in there around longer than Sammy. And so I think Jay was really like people. Some people said the heart of the story. So I think him kind of being absent was kind of part of what made the bloodline stale for a bit. So I think um, if Cody and Jay uh, have to defend against Solo and Jimmy, I think that could breathe that at least a little life back into the bloodlines happening, just so that we can end not on a complete damn squib because it's definitely sucked. But a couple yeah. the last couple months it's been but, waning for sure. Uh, I feel like this could at least bring it back because. I'm at least interested to see Jay kind of confront them again, uh, at least a little bit, as long as it's not like the fast lane match. And I'm still interested to see Cody finish the story just because it was nice to see him um, face up the Roman again. But um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Nice. Glad there was something good on there. All right. Uh, so you said you do have a little bit of uh, an update from the world of wrestling figures to talk about. So we'll do that now in our final segment called Figuring It Out with Jack. All right, make it quick, man. It's 1.18 a.m. right now, so I am tired. What do you got? Uh, the most interesting thing was they revealed a, f- a made-to-order Elite 5 pack of all the LWO people. Mm-hmm. I saw that. Um, from Backlash, because Ray Mysterio's got like the, the promo gear with like the slim jeans, and he's got like that weird shark-looking mask. And so they all got cloth L- LWO shirts, and then Selena Vega's got her big like Puerto Rico Oh, that outfit? Gear from, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was from Backlash. Cool. And so then... Uh, Walking Wild and Del Toro uh, have like the tank tops with the LWO logo, 
and Escobar's got like his kind of shorter tank top with like the like the wider sides because you oh, know yeah. tank tops are just then his is wider. Yep. Um Escobar's got like it's the same head they used before, but it's got long hair instead of the, the bun. So uh that's cool. And then it's the first figures for Legato other than or first elites for Legato other than Escobar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess Vega also had an elite before. And then um Raymond Sears got like the Puerto Rico LWO shirt. Um, I don't know, that's cool. I probably won't get it, but I, I kinda wish I could. It's um, made to order on MattelCreations.com. It's a little trickier for us to get because I think it's shipping and whatever. Correct. Shipping, duty, cool. exchange, yeah. all of it. Um, They showed images for Greatest Hits 3, which is uh, just like the re-release series. There's Scorpion King Rock, um, John Nada, Roddy Piper, um, R-Truth from an early, I think it was like Elite 11 or something. Um, re-releasing Legends Bruce Beefcake from Dream Team. Mm-hmm. Uh, re-releasing Elite 33 Rollins and the Shield gear because they can't give me the white Rollins. I can't have good things. Uh, right. Re-releasing Then Now Forever uh, and the Then Now Forever Natural Disasters Elites. Um, and speaking of getting things that or can't get things that I want, they put out the so this the new top picks basics, and um, of course they put out again just to absolutely mess with me. It's the Thanos Rollins again, they except did. it's not they did an Elite. It again. Except it's down to basic with the update articulation, so I'll probably buy it just because it's closer to an Elite, but I still yearn for the day where I get Elite Thanos Rollins. And then there's also Rock and a painted on shirt and Undertaker uh, from NXT. Just kidding. Um, then there's new basic renders. There's Sami Zayn with a painted on shirt, and it's basically his Mania gear, but with the Knight of Champions shirt. Or sorry, no, it's not a WrestleMania shirt, so it's his Mania gear. Uh, there's Gunther, but it's definitely a Walter figure because it looks like Walter gear and he's beefier. Then there's Ludwig Kaiser getting his first figure, yep. and the dark blue trunks, and then the chase in the red and black trunks. Uh, Tiffany Stratton's going to get her first basic, so that's pretty nice, and Kane as well from, like, 01, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, then Elite 106, there's Roxanne Perez in, like, the striped and paint spider, uh, paint spider gear. It's the perfect 2.0 look, I would say. Yep. Um, she's got her women's title with the weird-looking strap that I showed you. Um then there's Paul Bearer and the the normal one, uh, the black suit. It's definitely it's a beefy figure because Paul Bearer is a he is boy. a beefy boy. But um, it's there's the normal one, the black look like from early Paul Bearer, and then the chase variant has like the brown hair with like the blue suit from like probably Attitude Era Paul Bearer, I think it is. Uh, then there's Sami Zayn from Elimination Chamber and the Sami Zayn like the Sami Zayn logo after Sami Uso. Uh, there's Alpha Academy Chad Gable. Uh, we've got the cloth shoe shirt. Uh, that one's really nice. Shoosh. It's probably the best uh, Chad Gable they've done, so that's really nice. I'll definitely pick that up because he's cool. Love me some Chad Gable. Me too. And uh, finally, we got the Usos from War Games last year in the all red, the red and black. Um, they've got the red We the One shirts. They're basically like elite versions of the Ultimate Usos I just got, except Jimmy finally has a new head that actually kind of looks like him. Mm-hmm. You were happy and about that. He's yeah, he doesn't have the weird mullet thing anymore. He's got inter- two different and interchangeable hairs, which both look better. I don't think it's a perfect head, but it's definitely better. And then Jay reuses one of the ultimate head scans, and he's got the all red gear too. He's got the red sleeve on his arm, which looks really nice. So that is Coolio. Um, and that is it. That was a speed run and a half. Appreciate it because I'm gonna fall asleep too. You're tired, more tired than I am, which is crazy. So yeah, but what's now? Get to bed because you got to get up to work tomorrow. But anyways, thanks for joining us for episode 169. We will be absolutely back here for episode 170 next Saturday. Don't think there's anything special in the works. The good gold days has been paused because we just haven't had time. But maybe we could okay, pump, we gotta it. pump we, out. Like, we could record two or 
a bunch over the week off and just really this is probably a conversation for later but maybe not on the not, no one's I'm, listening uh, at this point yeah at the last did. minute of we the show we definitely gotta work because i do want to get to it but me too it'll take absolute ages to get where i want to get to but we can take like because each episode's an hour so even two hours we could be watch it and record and be done each one so we could knock off a few maybe and then just set them to release anyways we're gonna get out of here thanks for joining us looking forward to seeing you back here next week and until then everybody take care